Welcome to Game Face, episode 238 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted and the host of this humble podcast that we do every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. Riding shotgun with me for today's episode, I have Matt Kyle. What's going on, Matt? And happy Thanksgiving to you a little early. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving for whatever it is this year. <laughs> the um, worst Thanksgiving Ever. Yeah. I mean, look, I usually I never go home for Thanksgiving. I stay in L.A. because me too. It's yeah. not worth it's not worth the trip when you're about to go back for Christmas. Not that we're doing that either. But right. like, uh, when you're about to go back for Christmas a few weeks later, because I would drive and that's a long drive back to San Francisco. Um, so I just stay here. And uh, but usually we have a big like kind of, you know, L.A. orphan Thanksgiving. Like we have yeah. you know, people who don't because no one's from here. So everyone who's from here has like usually it's a bunch of big parties. And sometimes I go to two or three of them. Um and this year, it's just, nope. Yeah, nope. I usually go to that big Thanksgiving party with all my uh, rave and festival friends. Uh, the one year we had it at the Houdini right. Mansion. Last year, they had it at a huge mansion up on in the Hollywood Hills. Canceled. That's not happening. So I was like, all right, well, at least the Steelers are playing on Thanksgiving for the first <laughs> time in 15 years. And I was like, that'll get me through the day. And then today, they moved the game to Sunday because of COVID. So... Yeah, worst Thanksgiving ever, but we're here to try to make it as good as possible for all you guys. And I totally realize if you're in Canada or in Europe, like a lot of our viewers are, uh, this is not your Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. uh, but it is for us. And uh, just a side note, uh, the site will be dark tomorrow. We're taking the day off. Uh, we need the day off. Uh, really, the only thing that will be happening on the site tomorrow will be the archive of this show. But you know what? The show is long enough that it should get you through the day anyway. And you should be spending time eating really good food, playing really good video games. And and I have- Almost as long as a Steelers game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Three hours. That's pretty much what where it clocks in for most NFL games. So I uh, hope you guys are excited for Thanksgiving if you are in the U.S. I hope you're finding a safe way to celebrate. Uh, you know, keep in mind your family. Uh, my, you know, my big concern going home for Christmas even, I'm still like on the edge of- you know, do I want to take the risk of bringing a virus home to my elderly mom? You know, if I were to get her sick, I would never forgive myself. So I'm still trying to sort out Christmas right now. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully the numbers will go down here, but I'm not counting on it with Thanksgiving. <laughs> they, they will not. Yeah, with all the Although I will say uh, there will be a slight drop in numbers uh, early next week because nobody's getting tested tomorrow or Friday. Right, that's true. Yeah, you'll have uh, that two-day window where people think it's going down. but And then they'll shoot back up once testing resumes and once everybody comes back from their giant bar parties or whatever they're doing. I mean, it's just, I don't know if you've seen the airports, but I did. it's like, yeah. it's like nothing's weird. I know. I know. Like, it's not good. Um, so anyway, the, the bottom line is I am still having a really great time with the next gen consoles. I'm still, I still have so many games to play on my PS5 that most of them I'm only halfway through. Uh, so it's been a great week of gaming for me, although I did have one slight thing that happened to me. Um, so I am still, my living room is still a disaster. I'm still trying to set up my new TV stand and everything and get the TV hung on the wall. And so I was moving consoles out of the old entertainment center. I have the new one and I have it kind of built. And I put my PS5 on the couch first and then I took out the Series X. And when I was putting it on the couch, the corner of the Series X literally just nicked my PlayStation 5 and it left this line across my PlayStation 5 that will not come off. I tried to use a magic eraser on it. I scrubbed it. I use Windex. I use soap. It will not come off. So pro tip, 
be very, very careful with those shells on the PlayStation 5. They scuff and scar really easily. And for me, at least, it was permanent. Sucks to have a console that's like a week old with like a big brown mark across the front of it. And it did happen on the front, too, instead of like the side or the back where no one would see it. So anyway, I cannot wait for the black shells, which will solve two problems with one. It'll get rid of the scuff mark and you won't be able to see any future scuffs. So just something to keep in mind, uh, the plastic on those shells is very malleable and it takes in whatever uh, comes into contact with it. So just be careful uh, while you're doing that. So you're also going to tell an Assassin's Creed story. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so next, I, gen, next gen, whoa, opening segment. This yeah, is a regular, regular yeah, feature just, now. I'll just pile on here. Um, so as I told you guys last week, I had started playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on PlayStation four, and then I continued playing on PlayStation five. And when I did, I lost all my armor, like all my runes, like just tons of important stuff. I, I tried to soldier on in the PlayStation five version, but I got so frustrated when I had all the armor that I had left, all the rune holes were empty but I didn't have any rooms to put in them because they were all gone. I was like, that's it. So I booted up my PlayStation 4, booted up Assassin's Creed Valhalla. First of all, seeing what I had for real was really depressing. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I lost way more than I thought I lost. Like way more. So I was like, all right, I'll get all this stuff equipped, make sure everything's good. I did a hard manual save. Um, closed out Assassin's Creed Valhalla, went into the dashboard, Uploaded all my saves to the cloud, shut down my PlayStation 4. Boot up my PlayStation 5, go into the dashboard, download all my save data, load up Assassin's Creed, nothing. My save does not work. In fact, what happened What now is that because I use that manual save, saves for Assassin's Creed Valhalla will now never automatically upload to the cloud. It For some reason, if you download a manual save, it takes away that feature. I have no idea why. So... Mm. Basically, I'm screwed on the PlayStation 5. Um, the problem for me, too, is that it still counted all my other progression. So I'm in these missions where I need that stuff. Like, I need that better armor. I need those runes because the enemies are tough. But I've lost all the stuff that I earn. It's awful. So, and you had a problem, too, with Spider-Man, right, Matt? Trying to get um, your... My Spider-Man was just, it's just an awkward way to have to do it, which I sort of ascribe to the fact that they clearly clutched together a solution for bringing the save forward because they weren't going to do that originally. But basically, you can't just transfer the save from your PS4 to your PS5 and have Spider-Man remastered acknowledge it. You have to basically, you have to export it with Spider-Man PS4. Um, so and you have you, to have the PS4 so, version. So you have to have the PS4 version, and I'd already <laughs> disconnected my PS4, so I had to download the PS4 version of the game onto my PS5, and because I already had the save, and export the save, delete the 60-gig game I just downloaded and then load up the, the remastered version and load it in. And it worked fine. It's the, you know, it, it did happen. At least I'm it worked it, for you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when you, by the way, when you do that, you get all the trophies you had on that save, which took like oh. 10 minutes because I had the, the platinum. So it took 10 minutes ding, for ding, all the ding. trophies to, to pop. Um, <laughs> the other, cool. the only other weird thing I had was uh, on Assassin's Creed. Um, there are daily missions where the, the kid from um, uh, Origins, the uh, Reda, Mm -hmm. uh, shows up or apparently reincarnated uh, <laughs> hundreds of years later uh, and gives you gives you um, daily missions so you can earn opals, which is the, the premium currency so you can buy the stuff that otherwise costs real money in the store, the, the cosmetic stuff they sell in the store. Um, and I do those every day just because it's a little extra XP and maybe one day I'll want to buy something in their store. But right now, nothing in the store is interesting to me, but here we go. Uh, maybe I'll buy the unicorn boat stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, 
the uh, you know they basically give you like a randomly kind of procedurally generated mission, and I got one of the usual like uh, go kill this guy missions, and I go to load it up, and I and I realize that the marker is in my settlement, and I'm like, well, I got to kill one of my own people. It turns out that the the duke I was supposed to assassinate uh, had been assigned. I, I guess they must assign them randomly to anyone who's a, an assassinatable target in the in the world because uh-huh. they assigned it to one of the straw dummy practice dummies outside <laughs> the assassins bureau. And so I just went up and stabbed the dummy and got the quest done. I was like, okay, that's the easiest five opals I'll ever make. That's funny. That's really um, funny. Yeah. So not as bad, but just like that game. That game is rough. On a on a oh, technical yeah. level, like there's yeah, for sure playing playing like it seems further like the in. The further I go, the yeah. worse it gets. Playing yeah. further in and playing some of the the optional bosses, the the you know the the, the challenging bosses that are supposed to, you know like uh, it really like when when the combat systems kind of push to the edge, the 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 frayed edges really show. Like it's mm-hmm. just like oh this doesn't work, and the the enemy's auto targeting is really weirdly sticky, and like there's like weird things where like you know there's a, there's things that weren't broken in the old games that like are still broken and or worse like where like you grab like a movable object and her arms like shoot out like like rubber toes yeah. and like she has to like realize also i saw when i was uh, sailing around uh, last night for the first time a whale come up and breach oh, wow. out of the water and i thought maybe next to morrigan's sprite from dark stalkers is there a more uh, an animation that any publisher has gotten more mileage out of than that whale breaching animation from <laughs> assassin's creed 3 cuz that thing has been in almost every assassin's yeah. creed since that game and it's exactly the same well, that's pretty and good like, though it is pretty good but it's just like it makes you wish that whoever animated that got royalties or something right, cuz right. whoever animated that whale has been paying dividends for that company long after i assume they are gone from that company so <laughs> all right so there you go that's kind of a catch up of our week there's been a lot more for me there's so much crazy stuff going on and in fact before we kick off the show i do have big news finally our t-shirts our our new t-shirts are going on sale on black friday finally it has been a disaster that i'll probably save the story for and and ask Shane anything. Somebody asked me about what happened with the shirts. (laughs) Anyway, they're going on sale on Black Friday. And not only that, our old shirts, the joystick shirts, are going on sale, Black Friday sale, for $8 a piece. So uh, some people have already figured that out. We've already changed the prices in the store for our old shirts. And some of you guys already found it and like bought a bunch of shirts. So what I've been doing is I've been reaching out to you guys and saying, hey, uh, you may want to wait for us to ship these to you guys um, until you see the new shirts to see if you want them. And everyone has agreed. So uh, we do have people who have already snatched up some of the $8 shirts. There aren't a lot. Um, so if you really want one of the old shirts for cheap, you might want to do it now. Like I said, we're communicating with people. Um, so don't sweat it. We're not going to just ship out the old shirts right away. We'll wait uh, to see if you want one of the new shirts. But anyway, on Black Friday, two new shirts. Two separate designs. Um, as I said before, they we took a lot of inspiration from what you guys have wanted. And the only thing I'm going to say is that there's one white shirt and one black shirt. So uh, you guys asked for just black and white, uh, and so you're getting it. Uh, but you'll have to wait until Friday uh, to see the designs. And um, uh, we'll message that all over social media, on our Twitter, at Sifted Games, on our Facebook page, um, on the site, all that type of stuff. The other thing I would say, too, is don't sleep too long on the shirts because we ordered way less than we ever have. Um, I don't want to sit on stock again with these. So 
I know there will be some people who won't get them that'll want them. I'm sorry. Um, but I sat on this last stack of shirts for a while. I'm tired of having them around. I just want to make the shirts and sell them. I mean, then the other thing is, is we have a whole other line of merch coming online uh, as well on Friday. And that'll be more stuff like water bottles and like hip packs and hats. And I think hooded sweatshirts is one of the things we're going to have on there. We're trying to keep that the options low there because it's spread shirt, which means they wait till they get X number of orders before they actually ship the stuff out. So we're not going to offer like a million things and spread everybody out so that you guys can't get the stuff that you want. Uh, so anyway, before we get going with the first topic of the show, I know this has been a long, a long show intro and I'm sorry, but this show actually is going to be shorter than usual. And I promise you, uh, I want to recognize people who subscribe with Twitch Prime because it's very, very important to us. A Wampler 13, thank you. Johnny Hurricane, thank you. Slagathor, thank you. Scorpio's Finest, thank you. Erebus Jones, thank you. Mr. 60, thank you. Um, Iviz, thank you. David 5807, thank you. You guys are all so freaking awesome. JM Rain, making it rain. Um, Johnny Hurricane, dropping bits. This is awesome. Thanks, you, thanks, you guys. Um, the holidays coming up, obviously, every penny is going to help. So we appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Um, and thanks for all the Twitch Prime. Thanks, Jam Rain, um, for all the subs that you're giving out to our users. Um, thanks to everybody for everything you guys have done for us this year. It's really been amazing. Um, and we are going to do our Turkey Awards, which is something that I started uh, on Invisible Walls years and years ago. Uh, we are going to get that into the show. But first, we're going to start with, undoubtedly, what has turned into the biggest game release of the week. Um, and that is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, I really wouldn't call it a sequel to Hyrule Warriors though, Matt, because Hyrule Warriors was like this mashup of everything Zelda all jammed into one game. This is a much more focused, um, concise game, but still large, I would add. Um, and it's all really focused on the content around Breath of the Wild instead of all of Zelda's franchises. Um, and probably the most important thing to remember about this game is that it is a prequel to Breath of the Wild as far as its plot and its story are concerned. And I will say this about the game. I was pleasantly surprised by how much story is in this. There, I would I would venture to guess there there is a hundred times more minutes of cinematics in this game than there were in Breath of the Wild. It tells, I mean, the story very overtly, um, where Breath of the Wild was kind of like, you get these little kind of pastiches of whatever's happening here and there, and cinematics were pretty rare and few and far between. Here, they're just like firing off like a string of firecrackers. Yeah, I would um, say this is probably the most story-heavy Zelda game ever made. Ever made! Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Zelda generally is that it is very subtle in its storytelling. It doesn't beat you over the head with, like, hour-long cinematics and things like that. Um, they let you fill in the blanks a little bit as the player. This game does not. This game, it, it, it spells everything out that's happening, and, and some of it's really cool. I had to go back and kind of research Breath of the Wild to remember everything that, that one, that happened in the game, and two, the things that were talked about that didn't happen. Um, and that's what this game is all about. All the stuff that they were talking about in Breath of the Wild, these horrible things that happened and the, the tough decisions that had to be made, they play out in Age of Calamity. You see them. The cinematics show it clear as day. Um, but underneath the hood, this game is a Musou game. It's made by Koei Tecmo, uh, the company behind the Dynasty Warriors franchise, the most popular Musou franchise on the planet. Um, and Although apparently this one is outselling them. 
Oh, of course it will. It's got Zelda on the. So on I, think the cover. I think this is already the best-selling Musou game of all time. Uh, I it, it undoubtedly will end up being, without a doubt. I I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Um, and but here's the thing about this game is it's not just this like cinematic telling of the things that you didn't see in Breath of the Wild. The entire game is just permeated and soaked with Breath of the Wildness. They, If you are a fan, I'll just say this right here at the beginning. If you are a big fan of Breath of the Wild, go buy this right away. Anyone who loves that game is going to love this game. Um, Koei Tecmo has done a masterful job with incorporating literally like every little minute element of Breath of the Wild into this game somehow. They're not always integrated in the same way that they were in Breath of the Wild, but they've become creative with how they made it work. And for the most part, most of it does work. Um, like there's Koroks to collect. Uh, you just find them hidden around the world. That's probably the one thing that operates the most like uh, Breath of the Wild. But all of the special abilities, the guardians, just every nook and cranny of Breath of the Wild, except for, I would argue, its best trait, has made it into this. And But why I, when I say best trait, I mean the creativity that you had in Breath of the Wild to construct your own airship or build your own boat or just mess with the physics in the game to just kind of make your own fun, like in a toy box way. That stuff's not here, but most of the other stuff is represented. Matt, do you have any kind of different insight on that stuff? Not really. I mean, it's it's uh, there's a lot of window dressing that pays homage to the elements of Breath of the Wild, but once you get on the ground, it's, it's a Musou game. And... Uh, you know they they have the the various you know magic whatever you want to call the the abilities he had you know the magnets and the bombs and all that stuff um, they and the stasis uh, and this and the ice pillar all those are here but they are kind of basic counters to enemy attacks they're not yeah. something you can combine and you only use one at a time you can't really like combine them in anything particularly interesting like you could in Breath of the Wild so. It's um, kind of like rock, paper, scissors with the enemies. Um, yeah, the big enemies, it, like basically what you do is you use those attacks to like stagger them for the most yeah. part. Yeah, there's like certain, like... And you can it, unload use them. The stas stasis works against somebody doing a spinning attack or like yeah. if someone's guarding too hard, you can use bombs to knock them out of it. And it's, it's just like uh, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors or Hyrule Warriors before it where um, basically once, you know, powerful enemies... Once you knock down their guard, or if they you know, do an attack and you miss, or you do the dodge in time, you get the little pie, little pie slice graph. And if you yep. knock that down to nothing, you can use a powerful attack that usually one shot kills them. Um, so not doing, always though. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the on the enemy, but like yeah. it's a very good thing to happen to you. And yes. <laughs> um, the uh, and basically like using those abilities is a way to short circuit their most powerful attack and get a quick shortcut to free hits on that pie chart. There's that pie chart right there. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a good system. It's, you know, it's better than the old system of just hit a guy until he falls over. So the meter you goes know, all the way down. Although which, to be which you can do. You, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, that's really how I play this game. Like I don't really, I'm not intentionally trying. You don't have to. Like things just happen. The game's really easy. Um, so I haven't really been challenged by it in any way. So I haven't really been forced and maybe, and I'm pretty far into the game, but maybe later on, because the other thing I've heard, this game is like gigantic, like 60 hours long for a Musou game. It goes on. And I mean, Musou games have always been famous for giving you your money's worth. If that's what you want to do with your time. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a lot like this. The a map in this game makes Assassin's Creed look pathetic. 
there well, like once you really get into the game and everything starts lighting up the map is it's like icons on top of icons yeah. and it, there's just all these repetitive side missions to grind through and you can grind if you want um you earn weapons through combat for the most part uh, you'll get them in a chest or a drop uh, but there's a blacksmith that you can visit where you do this weird kind of weapon fusing where you can take one weapon and fuse it with another and it gives it like different properties and it'll increase its abilities. And the one thing I will say about the weapons, Matt, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. There's a huge difference between the different weapons, depending on what buffs they have and like what they're imbued with, like yeah. visiting that blacksmith. If you get really creative with what you're fusing with your weapons, it's not even necessarily about like their level. It's more about like what they're composed of. You can get some really interesting results. And sometimes like, against specific enemies, you can create a weapon that'll just wreck them. Um, so fiddling around with that, I found pretty fun and pretty rewarding. Um, not at first, I didn't notice a big difference, but after I got like, you know, 10 hours or so into the game, that's when I really started to see like the blacksmith kind of come into his own. But you brought up the best point right away. You know, when the when the rubber hits the road, it's a Muso game. And every Muso game, although I think this one, this does a good job of trying to, to thwart it, Every yeah, the Muso the game Nintendo games, Nintendo Muso games have done a pretty good job of differentiating themselves as best they can uh, without breaking the mold, really. But it's they're still just so repetitive. Mm -hmm. You're just fighting the same enemies over and over again. And it's fun and exhilarating. And I will say this, like, every playable character plays completely differently. Mm -hmm. um, and they're very well fleshed out. Like, I didn't like playing with as Zelda at first. She uses, like, the iPad, like the mm -hmm. Sheikah tablet or whatever. It's, it felt awkward at first. As I started to use her more, I started to understand like what they were trying to get me to do with her. Impa, like she is, like you can clone her like twenty times yeah. or what. It, like there's really cool stuff in the game that I enjoyed doing, but it it only lasts so long, and it the game just kind of runs out of steam. How it keeps going is by giving you new characters to play as. Um, and while I would say the core characters are explored really well, some of those characters you start playing as later on, like the champions. They're not as well fleshed out, but yeah. you, I tend to play them very briefly. Once you upgrade their uh, their their combos, like they tend to get a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, I've done a pretty good amount of upgrading on um, uh, Mifa, the the fish girl, and uh, Ru whatever his name is, the, the bird <laughs> I know guy. You're talking about yeah. The bird guy, they have very different play styles from every, from even even yeah. by the standards of this game because everybody's very different. I hate yeah. playing Zelda. Like, Zelda's terrible. <laughs> I, I hated it. her at first. I stuck with her, though, and I, I started to understand, like, how you play mm -hmm. smartly with her. But I, I understand your perspective. I, my favorite is Impa. Like, Impa with her, because she, she does the thing where she puts symbols on guys, and then you can absorb the symbols, and every time you absorb the symbol, you get more uh, clones of yourself, and you can yeah. have up to three of symbols, which gives you, like, nine clones or something. Yeah. And you can just wreck shit. Oh, like, yeah. it is she is she is a god on the battlefield. It's incredible. And I like Link too. Link's kind of the standard sword guy, but like mm -hmm. Link is well, he like everything though. He gets poles he gets and poles and yeah and and you know and that's boomerangs where, and everything. That's like he's very versatile. Breath of the Wild comes in like the, you can use a stick if you want. Like yeah. and none of the weapons break. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> even better. I'm hoping that that's some nice hint for Breath of the Wild too, but I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> that would be great though if it were. Um, oh, Major Skittles, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. Um, so I, here's what I would say about this overall: is that I did enjoy it a lot for the first ten or fifteen hours. Um, then it started to to wear thin a little bit for me. And it, look, I'm not a big 
hack and slash Muso fan. I'm just not. Um, I've never have been. I've never really been a big Dynasty Warriors fan. These games have always been repetitive for me. Um, but I think what really turn me off to this one maybe even faster than those games is the lack of challenge um most of the missions in this game are taken outpost um you'll get on a map and there'll be like three dots on the map and one cool thing i will say about this is you can assign your party members to go to those places and start like the fight or whatever and then you can go to like the third one yeah, uh, you can do that in fire emblem as well but it yeah. works a lot better in this one yeah because in fire uh, emblem a lot of times i do it and they just stay there like, yeah, they this, one they, this one they actually go where I tell them to. So that's they don't do much once they get there. No, they're useless. <laughs> but but having a playable character in a location, like it's, ma it's mainly you because can like switch to them. Then you can switch to them because like a lot of times when you got to do multiple objectives, you have to send a character over to like do one thing, and wherever they are, there's like no, there's all dead ends to get to the next objective. So if you've sent another character over there. If, like on harder harder difficulties and higher later levels, like you can fail the mission if if not enough stuff gets done at, at the same time. So okay. it's handy to know how to do that. But early on, you're sort of like, why Why do I care about this? I guess it's just to, to, so I can get out of the level faster. Well, yeah, because um, so. it does make it easier because you send them there. And then yeah, you I mean, some of these levels are like half an hour. Because you can you, swap to any character at any time. Mm -hmm. um, so what you do is you go to your outpost, you clear it, then you just swap to the character who's already at the other outpost. So you don't have to travel all that distance to the other outpost. But then, of course, you have to clear that outpost with that character, but whatever. They're all more than manageable for that. Um, so the problem is that's pretty much the bulk of the mission objectives. Go to this outpost and there's usually like a mini boss or a boss there that you have to beat to take the outpost. And that's like probably, I would say 80% of the mission objectives in the game. And so what happens is after a while, I just stopped fighting the creeps, like the minions. I just run past them and they don't do anything. Like it just became a, a joke after a while. Um, like they're like, hey, here's all they, I just keep running past them and just go straight to the dot, clear it, switch to the other character, clear that dot, go to the last one, finish the mission. Um, because again, because it's so easy, even the bosses, without having to fight all those, maybe it catches up with me at level 40 or something, I don't know, or hour 40. It hasn't caught up to me yet. Like I'm not leveling up, killing all these rank and file enemies and I'm still handling the bosses no problem. So there may come a point where I get my ass handed to me and I have to go back and grind a little bit. But for the most part, it's just been so easy that... I don't know. Maybe that's good that I don't have to fight so many repetitive hack and hack and slash fights. I don't know. But I mean the the especially in the Nintendo Musos, the 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 standard enemies, the standard like ground troops are basically nothing. Like they're just there. Yeah, they really they're don't just, do anything. They're just there to build your combo and fill your special meter and that's that's it. Like they're never going to hurt you really. Sometimes some of them might get off like a good ranged volley when you're approaching yeah. them, but otherwise mm -hmm. they're not they're basically useless. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm as far as you, I'm like mid chapter three and, um, I'm bored. Like oh, I'm, you're bored already. I, yeah. I'm, I don't, I mean, I like the Muso games, but here's the thing. Like I like Hyrule Warriors quite a bit. I bought it not only on, uh, I mean, I buy it on sale both times, but I did buy it for Wii U and for Switch. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing about Hyrule Warriors I liked in large part was that it was kind of this mashup celebration of the Zelda franchise. And this is uh, very focused on just the one Breath of the Wild game, which I don't have a tremendous amount of fondness for. And 
I was interested in the story of kind of the the hundred years ago, like whatever happened, you know, the backstory of the game, because what they talked about in in Breath of the Wild sounded way more interesting than what actually happened in Breath of the Wild. (laughs) But and it is to some degree, but also like it's very long and drawn out and um, it's, you know, uh, we've established that you and I don't like this. It's full of anime grunting. Yeah, um, it's very. It bi- has those weird anime scenes too, where yeah, characters will do like the weird, the like, wacky poses. stuff. Like, yeah, there's like the scientist guy who analyzes the stuff, and it's just like he he acts like a weird surfer guy and like doing like doing weird, like, like the hang loose stuff, and, like, and it's just like, what do you? Why <laughs> is this know. in Zelda? I mean, I know Zelda's kind of whimsical a lot of the time, but like, it just feels it weird. Fit. Especially because, like, in the mean, like, while they're doing that, Zelda's over here with her fake British accent going, it's like, we're so worried about what's going to happen. It's like, (laughs) and and really, I'm coming to the conclusion that maybe it's better if Zelda stays away from the narrative stuff. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, this isn't working for me. Um, Well, you do get, like, you do get important stuff for her, especially. I mean, really, the story is about her. It's about. It explains why she was so upset in the the original game. It's about her rising from this kind of meek whatever into Mm. a leader. And it shows her, like, convincing, you know, the the people to do the things that they needed to do that were, you know, it's. I don't want to spoil too much. (laughs) Teams up with Link, who's the only soldier in the entire Hyrulean army who doesn't wear a helmet for some reason. Um, So you can tell who he is. Right. Uh, you can put a helmet on him if you want, but you should yeah, let his, my should his blonde tresses flow. <laughs> um, you get this little good guy guardian who, like, uh, the little, little BB-8 guy who basically travels. He travels back in time from the, the big calamity and to warn you, mm-hmm. but to, to warn Zelda about everything um, remains to be seen if that'll be effective. Uh, and there's, you know, obviously the, the standard bad guys, you know, plotting against this and trying to bring about the calamity again and thing. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, I don't know, maybe it gets better later. I don't know if I'll ever know that for sure. Cause it's well, a long it, journey. It doesn't, it just stays the same Matt. <laughs> and that, that for me is the problem. It stays the mm-hmm. same. Again, they do keep giving you new characters to play as. Yeah. Um, at least to the point that I've played, they've continued to, I don't know if that eventually stops as well. I mean, there's a lot of, there's like 20 some characters the in this. Part? It's oh, a lot so. of characters. Okay. Like, they then, keep going. then I've got a long way to go then. So, okay. That's but a like, it's, uh, I don't know, like, and the other things, I know we're spoiled by next-gen consoles in the last couple of weeks, but, like, performance on this uh, thing is awful. It's like, really like the frame rate drops to the teens in places. It's There's very pretty. everywhere. It's cinematics on my yeah. new, new TV. Even on my OLED, that game looks beautiful oh, yeah. during the cinematics. The, um, the art style carries it a lot. It you know, Breath, of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, the original game as well. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. the performance is not great. The, uh, you know, the, the, is, there's a lot but of bad popping. But that art, you know, just like Wind Waker, like it doesn't matter. But the matter. frame rates in this are terrible, man. It's bad. Like, they dip it's, down to like 15. I mean, yeah. say sometimes it almost stopped, it felt like. Like, it, it, I feel, and I know that, you know, Hyrule Warriors is a, is a, you know, an up, basically a remaster of the, of the previous gen game. But I feel like Hyrule Warriors looks a little better. It certainly runs better. Uh, the definitive edition on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, the character's a little bigger. Um, it just you know this this is going for larger armies you're fighting, and it does pull that off. But like I feel like the other, I feel like this and Fire Emblem, the Fire Emblem Warriors looked better um, and ran a little better. It also was kind of framing places, but I don't remember playing parts of it like I play parts of this and be like, oh my god, what's Grandma happening? Like, turn your face away from the yeah. screen. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to <laughs> cover your shame. Yeah, it, it does run poorly, um, without a doubt. But I do; they did do a good job bringing the art style from Breath of the Wild over. Like mm. everything looks as it should, um, which isn't easy with an art style like that. 
Uh, just a couple other things I wanted to mention, uh, some other Breath of the Wild stuff. Like, there's a whole, like, recipe and cooking mm-hmm. system in the game. Like, before you start a mission, you choose your party members, you choose your weapons and stuff, and then you can choose, like, whether you want to eat a meal before you go, and that will give you buffs throughout the entire mission. Yeah, it should so be noted got- that, like, on the map, like, a lot of... There's, there's obviously the big chapter missions, and then there's, like, little single character training missions you can do that like can level you up or fine. But a lot of what you're doing on that map is there's like cooking missions and training missions and, and merchant missions. And like, they all basically want you to get like some of the, some of the crap you collect during the fighting. They want you to spend that as ingredients to either cook something or unlock a, a, a stable or a merchant shop or upgrade your characters or things like, so a lot of what you do in terms of the grindiness is going back to replay missions you know will give you whatever like you know element or, or or ingredient you need for the thing you want to unlock and just you play that over and over until you have like you know 10 fire keats wings or like whatever you know whatever you need to do to do that um so that's basically a lot of that map when you see like all those those uh icons on it like they're not actually going and fight things missions they're yeah, just like yeah, yeah. spend current spend one of the 4000 ingredient types and get a little upgrade, get a get And that's a bonus why combo. it is absurdly crowded with icons. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like as you get into the game, you're just like overwhelmed by yeah. it. At least Every I time was- you finish like a chapter a main chapter mission, like just like 15 new things pop up on the thing. And you're just like, yep. okay. And yeah. then like a little never robot those. <laughs> the little robot comes over, starts pointing at shit. He's like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just, move on. I'm yeah. Because <laughs> like, I've been a couple of times when I'm just like, oh, this next story mission's level like you know, ten levels above my characters. I'm just gonna go to the training thing and level them all up and go through this thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna do all that shit. That's funny. Um, it's just and also because like you know, there's things like get more hearts or more cups. But like like you said, it's so easy that I don't feel like I need more. I've never even come close to dying yeah. um, with anybody. I mean, I have. Um, and then the health system, like you hold L1 and then you can tap a button. Yeah. Like there are modifiers on R and L. Um, the R modifier is all the special attacks we were talking about earlier, like your mm-hmm. stasis and things like that. Um, and then the left is like healing and left and is healing like and uh, magic, like the yep. whiz, the whiz robe wands yep. you, you power up. So you have ice, lightning, and fire, and those are those aren't as specific to situations, but they can sort of like freeze a guy in his tracks or let him like why he burns. You can hit the pie chart and like you know get him down kind of for free. Um, that's a lot. That's, you know, it, they give you a lot of tools There's a to lot play with. in this yeah. game in general. Like it is just packed. Um, like. Koei Tecmo, I think, did, other than the engine, did about as good a job as you could have done on this game. It's just, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a Muso game. And either you like that genre or you don't. This does not transcend the genre, if that's what you're you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like, I, I mean, I know they can't really do it without seriously breaking tradition, but, like, it's weird that Link doesn't talk in this. Yeah, like, everybody everyone else, else does. Yeah, everyone else does, and Link <laughs> just doesn't, and no one... I mean, he's even when you know everybody gets a little little you know title bill when they first show up, and he's even billed as Silent Hero, yeah. Silent Knight or something. Weird. Yeah, um, Silent Knight's pretty funny for their big. <laughs> that, that, that should, should be the subtitle. Should have been what for, they said. That should be the um, for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's uh, like there's no deceit here. It is exactly what you think it is. Yeah, um, no, there and are it is these very crazy sections where you it's like you control a guardian, almost like it's an ad ad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I am shocked at how much I don't like those. Yeah. Because like the first time you do it, they're the first time you do it. It's kind of fine. Well, it's fine like, because you can stomp and just right. just blows up. But then, like, there's later missions with them as well, and all of those I found are very bad. Yeah. Like, I am not like, and also like you, you know, the the, the default. You don't have, you can turn it off if you want, but the default is to use the motion aiming with the controller. I have never seen Nintendo motion aiming this bad. 
Like it's yeah. really you weird. Using the bombs and, in this yeah. game, it's like as soon as it starts, you're just. It's like it zooms into this really close view and you can't see anything. I just start yeah. chucking them. I'm it happens just like, a lot. Like there's something. <laughs> even like because you're supposed to lock onto the big enemies too when you fight. And a lot of times right. it just zooms right into their stomach and I can't see what I'm doing. And like it, yeah. anytime you even get remotely close to a wall or a corner, the camera goes nuts. Like it's in a, in yeah. a way that it didn't on the other uh, Musa games on the Nintendo. Musa. I don't know what happened. I mean, part of it's probably just they're they're trying to cram so much into this that they're just sort of hitting kind of the limits of what they can comfortably do. Possible. But um, it's it's uh, it's got some technology, and it's it's weird to me because like I've seen people online just going about on about how it's the most amazing thing, nine out of ten game of the year. Shit, it's like wow. no, no. Yeah, I like, I would have I would definitely take issue with any score anywhere near that. That yeah, this is a this is a real solid seven for me. I would say. Yeah, I mean, if I was reviewing on the ten point scale, it would come in somewhere between a six and a seven, probably. But here's the thing: I think if you're a Zelda fan. This is a no-brainer buy. I yeah, really it's not like you have any other options. It's right a celebration anyway. of Breath of the Wild. And if you love Breath of the Wild, you're going to love this game, and you're going to come on the stream next week and tell me that I'm crazy. Um, I totally get that, and I understand it. I am not like crazy Psycho Zelda fan. I'm definitely not crazy Psycho Breath of the Wild fan. I just look at this game as another Musou game, and it is one of the better examples of the genre, but I don't like the genre. So if you do, and you like Zelda... This is your game of the year, I guess. Is I mean, I don't know. I, I do like the Musou games, and I do like Zelda. It's probably my second favorite Nintendo series next to Metroid. Um, but I don't like Breath of the Wild all that much. So this is yeah. not tremendously appealing to me to the point that, like, I guess I can't even remember the name of the bird guy. You know, I don't I don't remember the name of the, the four sages or whoever they are. And I, yeah, and I would argue if you only kind of like Zelda... Yeah. And I couldn't name you the the names of the divine beasts to save my life, so yeah. I couldn't even you've remember. Never the, owned like a ha, like a Dynasty Warriors game. Stay far away. You will not yeah. enjoy. This or game. like if you if you don't have Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition and you like Zelda in general and not Breath of the Wild, get that because that's a better yep. celebration of all things Zelda and cheaper. And cheaper, but well, I don't know. It might still it might still be sixty bucks. It's Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say you could probably find the Wii U version for like five bucks, but nobody has a Wii U, so that's not gonna. Yeah, do that's, any it's good. not helping. <laughs> and then you'd still have to buy the DLC. The definitive edition at least gives you everything. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity for Switch. I say, if you're a Zelda fan, buy it. No brainer. Or if you're a hack and slash fan, buy it. No brainer. Everyone else, stay away. Matt, who would you say buy it? Anybody? I mean, I think you do need to love Breath of the Wild and Musou games. Okay. Like, together. Like, so not it, just Zelda. It needs to be Breath of the Wild specifically. I think so. It's Because it, it is very much a Breath of the Wild game, yeah, and it's going absolutely. to help a lot if you really are curious about what happened 100 years ago. Uh, it, you know, And it, it delivers on that. I yeah. just don't care. Yeah. Um, and I think it's too... I think it's you know I think it's too anime. I think it's too I think it's too uh, I, oh yeah. like it's too too much of that shit. Too Japan. Too, yeah, too too <laughs> weird. It, it's which is always weird to me in 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 like you know I, I get it if you're playing like a Tales of game or like one of those weird anime RPGs that you know that ends up on PlayStation all the time. But like this is clearly meant to be an international you know oh, worldwide yeah. release. Why it's are you also a little rough? Like the music is handled weird. It just kind of cuts off sometimes, or it'll just yeah. dawdle out. Like it just. It, I do like the music. The music's good. It's just it's implemented. It's implemented strangely in places. I don't like the music. Like I didn't. I don't think I realized that I hated the music in Breath of the Wild until I played this game, where I heard it way more loudly. I actually turned the music off in this game. Some of the songs in this literally like broke my brain. They had these weird like 
skippy beats and these sounds that don't go with each other. I thought the music was terrible in this game. Mm. Terrible. I turned it off after an hour. <laughs> so that just shows you music, obviously, is completely subjective. Everybody has their own taste. But anyway, that's uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. I highly doubt we'll come back to this one. I've already given it more than enough time, in my opinion, than it deserved. All right. We're going to talk next about Game Pass. Um, and usually when we talk about Game Pass, we talk about Xbox Game Pass. And we are going to do that because we have some new information on that. But kind of the big story this week, really, though, was that PlayStation, and we talked about this on Game Phase probably a month or so ago, PlayStation is starting to look at launching its own Game Pass service. Matt, how much, let's say this happens, is that like game over for Xbox? Because let's imagine both of them have Game Pass. And let's assume both of them have as good partnerships with third parties. And I think that's true. I think they both have great relationships with third parties and can fill up their service with good third-party games. And then, obviously, your first-party stuff, um, which Sony, let's be honest, has dominated at for probably the last, like, eight years now. That's just really telling the truth. I mean, what happens if Sony launches a service that has pretty much all the same third-party stuff but then has its first-party stuff instead of Xbox's? Um, I mean, I think the the real result of that is Sony loses a lot of money uh, for no reason. Um, I think that I, I, I will be shocked if this is going to be equivalent to Game Pass in the way that, like, you're playing God of War Ragnarok on day one for free. Like, Sony has no reason to do that. Like, the Game Pass is not closing the gap for Microsoft fast enough for Sony to... Like, so I can see Sony wanting to have, like, an equivalent service, but a service that, like, does the same thing and isn't PlayStation Now, because clearly PlayStation Now is not a, a factor anymore, if it well, ever my was. my guess is this service will just be rolled into PlayStation Now. It seems likely. But, like, I... Like, Sony's first-party stuff sells... 10 million copies if they Well, if I guess you saw Spider-Man that sold yeah. 20 million. 20 like, million for Marvel Why would you give that away on day one? They it don't have any reason to, to do that. I know. So I think I, it's gonna, I, I think it's going to be an equivalent service, but it's not going to be it's going to be a service that does the same thing, but it's not going to be something that like hey, play all our first party games day one like Microsoft does. Like so you don't Sony has day I don't day. makes no sense for Sony to do that. Like they're just throwing money away because they're and winning. Sony can't afford to throw money away. No, <laughs> that's the thing. The only division at Sony that's really doing really well is PlayStation at this point. So, like that thing goes live, you're going to be lucky to get days gone, like on it as like the, the flagship launch thing for free. You know, it's like that. That's what I'm looking. I'm I'm saying like maybe six months later, but that that initial rush of launch, like sales, like Sony does that better than any anyone except Nintendo, and it doesn't make any sense for them to just like forego all that. Yeah, it, it it's I mean, maybe if you had maybe if you had like a days gone that you were it wasn't a proven IP and you weren't sure and you want to like have people try it like and put it on the past day one that could make sense but like Last of Us three no like it, there's there's no reason to give that away Spider Man two there's no reason to give that away God of War Ragnarok it doesn't make any sense like you're just so you think it's like a shell game or like a red herring they're gonna be like yeah we have our version of PlayStation yeah. Game Pass but in actuality it will be a vastly inferior service as far as the content on the service I mean yeah I think it'll just I don't think it'll be the day one service that game passes i think, Do you it'll think be, maybe playstation then could maybe throw some money in the direction of third parties because it could get to a place matt where microsoft and sony are competing 
for Game Pass, for games for Game yeah. Pass. I mean, the publishers can leverage that. They can be like, well, Xbox is going to give us $20 million for Borderlands 3. What are you going to give us? I mean, mm-hmm. it could generate a ton of revenue, yeah. and it could become a new competitive battleground. for. I, th- I think that is the closest thing to something, uh, a parody that we're, we would see with that, because also because you're dealing with, so far at least, there's not a huge performance difference between multi-platform titles on these two systems. I mean, so, so far, PlayStation 5 has been winning all Digital Foundry's battles. Yeah, but by my microns. Like, right, so right. it's not like something you would really Splitting choose. You know, but yeah. like, but if it came down to like, okay, the new, the new Assassin's Creed is coming out, and there's a bidding war with, my, with Ubisoft because you know, we want you to be exclusive to our Game Pass service day one and not on the other guys. Whoever wins that, like so, so let's say like okay, the performance is is minimal, but one of this one of the consoles is given it away on day one as part of their Game Pass service. That could be the defining factor for which platform you're using for that game. So I could see that be sort of become the tug of war, but I just don't see Sony giving away their first party stuff. Like they they have no reason to do that. Although I do wonder if they did do that, how successful their Game Pass would be. But I just don't think you get the same amount of it's hard. revenue. It's from that. hard to recoup it's not that. Not going to happen. Sure. Yeah, I mean, then you have to think about like the down the line sales. You know, does that convince people to buy a PS5? And if it does, and they get Game Pass, does that convince them to buy other stuff? But no, it doesn't. When you have Game Pass, it convinces you to buy nothing. Like because mm-hmm. you, especially if it's like how Xbox does it, where you get their exclusives day and date, and you're getting a great lineup of third party stuff every month. But I, I mean, it might make sense in kind of a long game, like you know, long term subscription thing, I guess. But like complicated math. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of math, and like it yeah. just does anything match up to like? Would you have really rather have given away five to ten million copies of Miles Morales instead of getting fifty to seventy bucks for them? I don't think so. It's I, hard I, to I imagine that that works out in any way. It you're really also, you're also cutting out your retail partners in that, and that yep. can't make them happy. And you do still need them for now because you are selling disc-based systems yeah. as part of your 90, 80 to 90% of your systems are disc-based. So you're still talking about physical media to some degree, at least. Um, I just don't, you know, I, I think the Game Pass thing where you get where my, the way Microsoft does it is a, uh, and I don't mean this as an insult to Microsoft, because I do think they're doing a lot of good things here. Um, I think that's a, that's a strategy when you're behind. That's a, de- yeah, it's a desperation move. Yeah. yeah. Sony, doesn't leader- need to, Sony doesn't need to do that. They're in a position, position of power. If they don't give me, you know, Horizon 2 on as part of their Game Pass service next November, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy it. Like, that's, that's, there's no question there. Like, I'm not going to pass it up. Because, you know, a lot of Microsoft's problem is like, would I have played Gears Tactics if it didn't come free on Game Pass, probably not. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the thing with Microsoft's exclusive first-party stuff is, like, a lot of people have already decided that if they have to pay full price for them, they won't. Yeah. <laughs> and people have proven over, over and over again that they're more than willing to pay full price for PlayStation exclusives. So exactly. L- the other thing I should bring up is, and actually Veritas mentioned this in chat, and we should say it on the show, is that Sony has not said that 100% is doing this. This is... Mm-hmm reports that have made it and i will say coming from reliable sources but sony has not said that it is absolutely doing this so thank you for mentioning that veritas we should have said that right off the top of the discussion um and then the other angle on game pass from this week comes from microsoft and phil spencer did another round of interviews this week he's been a busy guy man (laughs) like it's crazy how many interviews he's done in the last like month Uh, but anyway he did another one and he basically said yeah um game pass app coming to smart tvs in the next 12 months 
Um, and so we were talking just a minute ago about how PlayStation may have looked at its business and said, this doesn't make sense for us. Microsoft, on the other hand, is just doubling down. Like it really has little interest, it seems, in people buying its hardware. Um, it's just happy if you play its games and give it 10 to 15 bucks a month for Game Pass, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Because once that happens, I mean, that could be a bet. See, that, when we said earlier, like looking way down the road, maybe you don't even have to look that far down the road, Matt, because if suddenly everybody who has a smart TV basically has your console, people like us, we're always going to buy the consoles. We're always going to, until they stop making them anyway. But there's so many people that are like, 500 bucks for a video game console, that's insane. But they're like, wait a minute, Halo Infinite is on my TV? Like, there could be an appeal there, and I agree with you. It is the move of desperation, but sometimes desperation brings about the best innovation. And this could end up being a case of Microsoft seeing the bigger picture, able to absorb losses, which is really important. There, one, there has to be a, a willingness to absorb losses. Two, there has to be an ability to absorb the loss. And that's the advantage that Microsoft has over Sony. Sony can't dabble in stuff like this. It can't just throw like a billion dollars at something and be like, didn't work? Oh, well, that will destroy Sony's business. So Sony has to play it a lot more conservatively. It's in the driver's seat. It's the, the industry leader. Um, Microsoft is having to play catch up. It's having to be desperate, but it may have actually found something that could make it more profitable in the long run. So I think it's extremely smart. And I'll be honest with you, he should put it on everything he can. Because if you've already decided to go this route, you gotta go. There's no like having one foot like on the curb and the other in the street. You gotta get across the freaking street. And to me, this is the smart strategy. It's the right strategy if that's your plan. And that is Microsoft's plan. So do get it on can openers, get it on pregnancy tests, anything. Any way that you can, any device you can get it on where somebody may plunk down a dollar or three dollars or ten dollars, it's a win. You don't, you don't have to manufacture the hardware. You don't have to take the risk of nobody buying the hardware. I think um, the smart TV thing is a dead end, but how come? Do, what are you playing it with? That's a good point. I mean, you have to count on somebody having you find a, a controller. controller you got a around. dongle for that. You got to plug that in the control in the T as a TV recognized controller. Is that a special kind of Xbox controller you got to buy separately? Do you install it on anything? Is it just being streamed like like Stadia? Because that's garbage. Well, I think um, there's a lot like, of questions still. Honestly. Where's the connection coming from? Is that is it the connection through the smart TV to your internet? Is that wired in your house? Is it not wired? Is the connection even stable? Because a lot of the connections I get through the smart TV is gar is terrible. Even just trying to update their apps that are like you know 500k. Like it, like there's a lot of questions between here and there on that when you before you start playing Halo Infinite and not noticing you're playing in a very inferior manner. Um, I, I, you know, the Game Pass thing is cool if this is all kind of part of the same thing with the X-Class all kind of wrapped up in the same subscription seems to be what they're doing here. Um, cool. Um, we're still a long, 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 long way from Pactor's no console future, especially looking at PlayStation 5's sales numbers. Like that is not a thing that's happening. Yeah, the digital versions of, or the digital version of PS5. <laughs> Do you know anybody who has one? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to like blame that for that because they apparently made so few of them. Yeah, they didn't manufacture a ton of but them. But the PS5 is apparently already the most successful console launch for Sony of all time by millions of units, even with the pre-order problems and how nobody can fucking get one. So like, there is no lack of desire to own a video game console here, folks. Like there, the, the hardware is not going anywhere. Like I think we, I don't know how many generations in a row we need to prove that before people stop saying it's like, oh, it's going to be in your TV. It might be in your well, TV. I think this is the shit. first generation where that was possible. What? 
This one. This is the first Somewhere, time where but, a no console future was even possible. Right. But, I mean, it was possible last gen, except they chickened out. Because um, eh, of the, the, the DMC stuff. Because that was what, what Microsoft was kind of going for with the, you, you know, you don't, you put the disc in and the disc is useless. I mean, like you, it could have worked. I don't think it was feasible for the average consumer with the way no, the network still not. they were at that. It, you're right. It still, it really isn't. Yeah. So it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a parlor trick. Like yeah, the, cause I don't the, know if you heard or not, but Capcom or Capcom Comcast is rolling out data caps nationwide, yeah. nationwide. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a lot of people who can only get Comcast and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry for you guys. That sucks. Now that may not last all that long because um, I think Edgit Pi out. Yeah, I think he, when, when he's out and and they bring in someone who actually understands how net neutrality works, uh, I think that will go back to a more consumer friendly version of things next year. I wonder year. how Pac feels about uh, net neutrality now. I wonder if he uh, has changed his stance at all now that everything we said could happen is starting to happen. So, yeah. well, you put Edgit <laughs> Pi anywhere, it's going to ruin anything. It's just like I meaning. Wouldn't trust that man to bake me a cake. Yeah, but like it's it's just like th- that will only go so long, and like you you we may end up at one some terabyte point. is what they're giving people now per month. Yeah, and I saw some of this. It's like that's three thirty five hundred hours of Zoom meetings per month. It's like yeah, if that's all I did, that'd be great. But you know what I did? I I downloaded a terabyte worth of stuff just on the new consoles today. This it's this fifty hours. It's only like fifty hours of like four K like yeah. movie streaming or something. That's, it's like they say it's five hundred hours. But that's five hundred hours of. 1080p right like yes. it's, 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 that's what it is it's 500 of 1080p and yeah. then like 50 of 4k yeah, it is not of is not a feasible amount of data for oh, a if you're family. downloading games like downloading games like constantly text watching videos like streaming like for a family of, of multiple people of four people like that'll go that's that's two weeks if you're lucky if you're being careful like it's and some you know some caps uh i know some people whose caps like stop and like they just go over and have to pay a premium for anything they use at over that. I know some people whose cap ends and they just can't use it anymore. Like, like that's the end of it. Uh, so like, or you have to like go in and specifically buy more time like that yeah. month. And that's like, uh, it's gross. It's <laughs> gross, gross. And there's no, it's a monopoly. There's no, you know, you know, if there were other telecom providers you could go to in the same area, that would be different, but there isn't. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm a spectrum customer here in LA and once Comcast does that, that just gives a green light for everybody else to do the same thing. So I'm expecting in like mm-hmm. two months to find out the spectrum is going to start using data. It sucks. Yep. And that's really when, sucks. and I mean, I, I, I do have access to Google, Google fiber, so I would probably switch over to that. I mean, that's the only other option at that point until Google decides to be a dick about it. But You're lucky. I don't have access to fiber. I, I didn't, I didn't know I did until I already got spectrum when I moved uh, here. And like, it's good though. I mean, it works. Yeah, fine. I'm not, I'm happy with spectrum for the most they part. Cap it though. I'm out if I can. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, so I agree with you, Matt. I think, you know, the console free future is a long ways away, but Airbus Jones brought up something good in chat and he says, they're not going for us. They're going. He's trying to expand the market with this, and I yeah, think even I, if I it just, does it on a minuscule scale, it's better than nothing. Sort of. I just. I it's still in the same category as Stadia to me, where it's like, who is this person who wants to play cutting edge next gen video games, but doesn't want to buy a console, but does have a 4K TV with a robust enough internet <laughs> connection to run streaming yeah. game services, who will also subscribe to a service that requires them to buy a separate controller to hook up to their TV. It's just, it's such a con, like, who is this person? Like, it seems like such a, such a specific use case that I don't understand where all these 
the critical mass of people they're going to get. It seems like just a thing they realized they could do. And they're like, we might as well let people do it if they want to do it. Um, but it doesn't, to me, it, it cannot possibly be. And Microsoft has seen what happened with Stadia. This is definitely not like a cornerstone of their strategy for this going forward. It's just, it's kind of a neat trick. I, think, I just think it's another revenue go. stream. It's really all it It's is. like how you can do remote play on PS5. It's like, yeah. okay. I don't think cool. they think like, it's going to impact their current business in a negative or positive way. I think it's just another mm -hmm. revenue stream. And I do think, you know, at first it's going to be small. They're not going to have a lot of people. But over time, as, you know, the things that you brought up, all the issues, like how does the TV work? Where does the controller come from? Over time, they figure all that stuff out. I agree with you. If they try to roll it out in the next 12 months, it's probably going to be really rough. Um, but three years from now, when all that stuff is worked out, then the revenue stream continues to grow. It starts to get better word of mouth. Hopefully, the technology improves. Uh, network Networking improves. Everyone's connections improve. Um, I do think there's a pathway to it becoming extremely popular, but I think it's right now it's just grassroots. The seed is just planted. Uh, and the sapling is just starting to come up a, uh, through the crust of the dirt right now. So lots to go. Um, I'm glad that both companies are thinking about it intelligently and uh um, because I do think there's an opportunity there. Look, the more money Sony and Microsoft make, the more money there is for them to make games for people like us. And these people who are going to be using this crap, they may not care that Gears 8 is coming out in 2024, but we will. And the money that they're giving Microsoft will help them build Gears 8. So it's all good. You want the industry to be as successful as possible because here's the dirty secret. We're the ones who get all the rewards. All these other people giving their money, they don't care. It's like... a when cyberpunk comes out in a couple of weeks, they don't care. We do. Um, uh, I still, I think millions and millions of people care that cyberpunk's coming out, but like, no, man, I'm talking about the people who would use game pass on a TV. Those people are not going to buy cyberpunk on December 10th or whatever it's release date. Well, I don't think those people exist really. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like just save the money you're wasting on the streaming shit and spend it on the actual game development. They never but will I, though. They never will. The, I know it's the hot new hotness and people in business in biz dev meetings think that that's like the next <laughs> big thing because that's where all this all the all the other other entertainment companies are going yeah. but it's not a viable it's not a viable model for interactive entertainment yeah. and it will remain i don't know how long right now. how many of these they're going to be right now yeah well i don't think unless the laws of physics change uh it's Wish never they going could, to Matt. be <laughs> i never know if anyone can do it elon musk can change it it's, oh, um it's, <laughs> It's uh, I, I don't create my I don't alternative facts. <laughs> right, I don't. I just don't believe it. I, I think it's a. I think it's a complete dead end, and it will never be anything. And, okay. And it's, I don't know if it's going to take Stadia and Luna and this failing all in a row to kind of convince people like, hey, maybe we should stop throwing money at this. But uh, it's it's the latest. I think it's just the latest like biz dev fad, like my like kind of games as a service was. And at a certain point, they'll realize, okay, this is not taking off where we thought it would, and they'll <laughs> stop talking about it. Well, spoiler alert, we have a review for Amazon Luna coming up in the show. So uh oh stay tuned for that one. Um, but next, we're going to talk about Fortnite. Um, and really, more specifically, Epic Games. Um, I have a lot of friends who work at Epic Games. Friends that were at Game Trailers. Um, Jeremy Hoffman, Daniel mm -hmm. Kaiser, Megan Rue, Rohan Rivas. Basically, Jeremy Hoffman got a job there. And then he hired all those people who used to work on Game Trailers TV with him. Seth um, Gillian's over there, my buddy from oh, fighting right. game, the fighting game world. Yeah, like, that's right. He is there too. They gathered uh, a really a, an all-star team over there. Yeah. Um, so I love, literally love, a lot of people that work there. But I've got to tell you that I'm getting to the point where I really don't like Epic Games. Like they're becoming like a corporate villain to me. Um, 
regardless of what Pac said on Pactor Factor, I think he's wrong. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And I did not include our argument that was included when he talked about the Apple versus Epic battle. Uh, he and I were going at it. I did not include that in the show uh, because it's his show and he should be able to speak how he wants. It's not he and I uh, arguing over stuff. It's him saying what he wants to say. So I cut myself out of all that. And I will add, we made a $20 bet on who will win that case. Um, <laughs> but anyway... So you know how I stand on the Apple versus Epic thing. To me, Epic signed a contract. They don't like it now. They want it to change. That's not how it works. That's my stance on that. So I didn't like how Epic handled that. And then last week, we find out that Epic like compared its fight against the 70-30 cut to like the equal human rights movement. Like, <laughs> And Tim Sweeney specifically referred to the civil rights movement in comparison to this it's legal fight, which is... A level of tone deafness that you almost have to work to achieve. So, I I mean, I'm speechless about that. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I cannot fathom why someone would ever say something. Like, like his comparison was that, like, at a certain point, you know, like, basically, the, basically his comparison was, like you said, they signed the contract and now they want to go against the contract because they think it's unfair and shouldn't be the way the contracts work. Um, and they're going to basically have to prove in court that the law is flawed. Right. And he's trying to make a comparison that at a certain point, segregation was the law of the land, and that didn't make it right. It just made it legal. Dude, but that is the mind. most, there, there are tons and tons <laughs> of other things that were laws that turned out to be like, uh, had cases That's brought, the they were like, oh, like, there's like, there's like sales, like, like product return laws you could compare it to <laughs> that do not involve human rights that are like, you know, or you could compare Bad. it to like you know the 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 refund laws in Europe that forced like you know Steam and others to give to have refund systems. Like that's a better comparison, I would say, because you're not talking about you know the rights of people to exist. You're talking about like you know com consumer rights, which is what this really is to some degree. Um, so it was the it was one of the dumbest comparisons I think I've ever heard a corporate anyone ever make for any reason. And that includes other times corporate people have made comparisons <laughs> to civil rights shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's, a, it's an astoundingly stupid thing to say. Yeah, so they've been on quite the, the winning streak here. Um, and then this week, in the midst of all this chaos, Epic announces that Fortnite is now going to have a monthly subscription service called Fortnite Crew. Uh, it is $12 a month, Matt. 12 $12, we'll, we'll do the comparisons here in a minute of what you can get for $12 a month. Um, it's $12 a month. For that $12, you get an outfit every month. You get a 1,000 V-Bucks, which is the game's currency, and you get the Battle Pass, which in a lot of cases, you can just earn by playing the game yourself. Um, Matt, is this a smart offer, or do you think this is epic, as I believe, just trying to take advantage of its younger users, launching this, I would add, right before Christmas on December 2nd. Um, it seems like a bit of both to me. It also seems like, much like streaming, uh, kind of pointless, because like you say, there's ways to get what you get through other means that often don't require you to pay. Um, but it seems like another one of those things where it's like they're just sort of saying like, hey, whatever we get from this is, is gravy and it doesn't even cost them anything to, to implement it. So I yeah. guess it's... <laughs> they have to set up a credit card processor. That's pretty yeah. much it. And uh, which they already have. Yeah. And uh, so like, I guess like, and I guess the, the strategy here I would think would be like, you know, the kid wants the subscription. The parents are tired of being arguing about it every month, every time a new battle pass comes up. 
they just like subscribe to it and forget about it and pay 12 bucks a month. And it, you know, you just get free 12 bucks from like millions of parents across the country who just don't want to have the fight anymore about the battle pass every month. Yeah. Which granted, like you say, can be earned through gameplay if you play reliably, which I would imagine a lot. So I don't know. It's like, not even that you have to play all that much. You have to play smart. You have to know yeah. what, what you need to do to earn the pass essentially. Um, so I'm not saying like, I, mean, I haven't played Fortnite in years, but uh it just seems like, a, you know, like, like it seems equivalent to what we just talked about. It's another revenue stream for this thing. Uh, another way to give, you know, Epic money directly and a way to forget that you're giving Epic money directly so they get See, it more reliably. That's, See, that's, 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 that's what subscriptions issue. are. You know, that's a, MMOs depend on that too. Like, if I ever remembered to cancel my damn SWOTOR subscription, BioWare would have gotten a lot less money out of me. <laughs> Mom, here's the issue. Tim Sweeney, to me, the the morality behind what he is doing. So he's out in this case against Apple, banging the drum. We're we're fighting for the little guys. We're trying to do what's right here. Meanwhile, we all know transparently that he just wants to make more money for Epic. Mm. But he's trying to take the moral high ground there. He's selling it as this is this thing that we're doing to try to help everybody, not just us, although it will help them probably more than anyone. But anyway, that's the way he's selling it. And then on the other, on the flip side, he has this program that he launches the next week that basically preys on youth right before Christmas and by connection, their parents. Because what happened? They announced that every kid is like, I want this. Ask for it for Christmas. Parents are like, 12 bucks a month, done. You got it. And it's, I don't know. I, I guess I have an issue with him trying to say he's taking a moral high road in one thing that he's working on. And at the same time, with my eyes, taking the moral low road. Um, it just adds even less credence to his case against Apple, in my opinion. Um, which is disappointing. I mean, it, I had a lot of respect for Tim Sweeney. I'm not saying I don't respect him anymore, but my opinion of him has definitely changed over the last couple of years. Um, I have only ever heard good things about him through the industry. I've met him and hung out with him a couple times at like GDC. Uh, I've had a drink with him at a bar at E3, I think. I don't know him that well. Um, but he's always been really nice to me. I've only ever heard good, good things about him, but that doesn't change what's happening in public that we can see with our own eyes. Um, so there's good people who do bad things and he may be one of them. I don't know, but my my impression of him has drastically changed over the last couple of years. I just think he has got to that level of wealth where people's brains break. Like it's you see it all the time with people who become mega wealthy. Like we're talking like, five, six billion dollars. They just lose their sense of self and who, who they are, where they came from. And it doesn't happen to everybody, but by my observation, it, it appears to be happening to him. And to me, that's really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as I say, money doesn't money doesn't corrupt or it just makes you more of what you already were. Yeah. And it's very easy to isolate yourself from the things that sort of like temper, like your, your less graceful, instincts yeah. i would say that's, that's a good way to put it a delicate way of stating it um and when you're when you're when you have epic money um it's real easy to fall into that trap um so i think uh that i think you're right that is pretty much some of what's happening here also like he's had his head down on this thing forever and like it's his main concern and i i'm sure at a certain point that you end up in sort of a distortion field on that where you just sort of you know if it's all you're thinking about it's all you're worried about it's the whole deal like you say something stupid about it because you you kind of inflate the importance of it in your own life because it is your life basically. Mm -hmm. um, 
in terms of that, I still think they probably have a point uh, in in terms of how the contract works with Apple. Um, I don't know if their case is strong enough. And part of the problem with it is who they are. Like, I think you'd have a stronger case if you were talking about more of an you're underdog a little guy. company. <laughs> if you were some little like, but it's not developer. like, yeah. but you, it's not like you can argue that Epic didn't have a legal team to look this thing over and decide whether the this, the 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 terms of the contract were fitting to them. Like they yeah. they knew what they were doing, and like yeah. you might be able to win. You know, they might be right, and that it's a bad deal, and the contract should be different for everyone. And you're kind of on this balance of like. Epic is at a disadvantage because it had every advantage when it got into this contract. And if it didn't like it, it had the legal team and, and corporate capacity to know that beforehand. But it also might have a point that like they're, you know, oh, if they can pull off with the judges, like the we're fighting for the little guy and we think it should apply to everybody, not just us, that becomes a bigger precedent setting case. And well, Apple the, today actually dropped the fees for small developers completely. Yeah, and the, and the, so court, Apple the court might look that, on that more favorably. Well, they did that but, because of that. Like Apple yeah. sees, it knows what you just said is coming. It mm -hmm. knows what the strategy is going to be. So today it dropped the fees yeah. for the little guys. Which defangs uh, a lot of what Epic, so it, yeah. you know, the more that they can make it look like Epic is being a greedy giant, same as them, the better for Apple. And I don't know how... Epic can camouflage the fact that they're a giant being greedy like Apple. Like, there's just no way to do that. I don't know. Like, they, yeah. <laughs> yes, a really dumb judge is my, yeah, is my it's, best it, guess. It's, um, but they're out there. It's a long shot. Like, I, I, more and more, look, it's, it's becoming a long shot because Apple is reacting to this pretty nimbly. Yeah, because uh, it's smart as crap. It's freaking Apple. It has an army Apple, of lawyers. Apple is, Apple is not as smart as they once were. Like, like yeah, I'm Tim sure. Cook Apple yeah. is not on on the ball in the yeah. way that Apple has been in the past. Um, and Well, they're not as creative or innovative. They're not as creative, and there is definitely an argument to be made that, like, you know, when your big innovation for your new iPhone is that it doesn't come with any kind of a charger, like you <laughs> you might be going down the wrong garden path. Down the there, wrong sir. rabbit hole. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Epic, while Epic I do think has something of a point, um, I don't think as, as we've gone further through this case, like someone needs to make this argument with Apple and it's becoming clearer and clearer that Epic is not the one who's going to probably pull it off. Be successful at it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know where anyone goes from here because almost nobody else would probably have the money to bring this kind of suit against Apple. Um, so it's, so it's kind of like you might, you know, it would be, not, it would be sleazy if they won it, but it would also benefit so many other people that may, maybe like we just hope that Apple makes more and more concessions going forward to defang their, the, the Epic offense and, you know, in the process kind of gives smaller devs an advantage inadvertently, um, which might be sort of, which would be funny because it would accomplish the thing Epic claims they're trying to accomplish, but it actually wouldn't give Epic what they actually want. Right. Yeah. You know, it'd be, a, it'd be a, <laughs> a weird sort of hoisted by your own petard thing. Like your yeah. rhetoric, you got what you rhetorically wanted, but it's not what you really wanted, is it? You yeah. know, so we'll have to see how that turns out. It's, this case really seems like it's going to have another couple of years in it. Still. It's not that I like hate Epic now. It's just my opinion has changed of them, and they have turned into a company where now when I go to give it money, I will think about it. Not that that's going to happen because they don't really make games anymore. It's like no. they're just they're just Fortnite Corp at this point. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't play Fortnite, and I don't you know I I 
get the free stuff on Epic Store, because why not? But I don't think I've bought anything on the Epic Store since Rebel Galaxy Outlaw last year. I don't know why anyone buys anything anymore. They got so many free games everywhere. You don't need to pay for games. Just the big, like, exclusives. That's really all you got to pay for anymore. Eventually, you're going to get everything else for free on some service. That's the way it seems to be working out. All right, let's move on. Um, we're going to talk about Rockstar, well, which we don't get to talk about very often on Game Face because just like Epic, they don't do anything anymore. They don't make games or release games. Uh, they finally got Red Dead Redemption 2 barfed out not that long ago. And Matt, how long do you think it'll be till we see another Rockstar game? Oh, I mean, we've, we've gone around on this, but I'm Like saying. of any, any, like it doesn't have to be like anything. Yay, like any Rockstar game. I feel like maybe 2024, we might get like a Midnight Club. Or like a bully or something? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think bully two exists. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I, I think your your next like standard you know, midnight club didn't really count because we don't think of it. As, I mean, I know it's a rock star game, but when you think rock star game, you think open world violent game, right? Yeah. Um, I think the next one's going to be GTA six, and it's going to be twenty twenty six or something. Like something well, like that. I will say this: the topic we're about to discuss will lend a lot of credence to honestly what you've been saying all along. I have tried to be optimistic and and hoping beyond hope that we would get more Rockstar games going forward. It has not happened, and you have been right on this over and over again. Um, and that is the fact that Rockstar just really isn't interested in making new video games or releasing them. And instead, no. it has decided now, one, to release the biggest expansion, and really the only major expansion ever, to Grand Theft Auto Online. Matt, when I saw this, your face rushed through my head. <laughs> you sitting... In the studio with me back when we could do that, saying, oh, you're, that game's not coming out for blah, blah, like just everything you said about Rockstar, about Grand Theft Auto and how six isn't going to come out until like I'm like 80. <laughs> All of it just went whoosh, like right through my mind. I'm like, he's effing right. Yeah, but I saw I saw a fun. It was a meme or a tweet or something. It was basically like uh, PlayStation 2 got three GTAs and GTA 5 got three PlayStations. <laughs> um that's Which, good. That's a real true. Um, and it's funny because like so a friend of mine got a hand me down my friend of mine got a hand me down Xbox One this week. because uh, uh, I guess one of his friends got a Series X and basically like passed down his old Xbox One to, to him. The base Xbox One? I think it's I don't remember, I don't know which one it okay. is, but he's it's it's one of them. I say he, I got one <laughs> if he needs one. But he's playing it and uh, he's you know he christens all his new game. He doesn't get new game systems very often, he gets them later in the general, but he christens each one with a new GTA game usually. And of course there's no GT, new GTA game because he's already played GTA five uh -huh. on uh, on Xbox 360. Yeah. So he uh, so he got Red Dead Redemption 2 okay. instead. He's yeah. the close, close, closest thing he could get. And yep. he texts me and he's like, so I got this thing, I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Why is this game so fucking boring? Yeah, it is boring. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, he's like, does it pick up later? I'm like, nope. It's, it really that's, doesn't. That's the game. That's yeah. what it is. And he's, he's like, why is that? Why do my guns keep this? I mean, it was because this, I mean, you couldn't get more casual gamer than this, than my uh, friend. And he's making all the same complaints about this thing that I am. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I'm, and he's like, when does the GTA six come out? I'm just like, when does your daughter graduate from high school? Pretty much. It's just like, yeah. uh, like five years, six years. Like it's just, it's, uh, it's a long way away. Now, Matt, the GTA Online thing kind of harkens back to a statement you made earlier in the show when you're talking about, you know, why wouldn't they release the, you know, sell the new game at full price instead of making pennies off of this service? Because that's basically what it is. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure GTA Online is making decent money. I'm sure it is, or they wouldn't keep 
updating it and not releasing a new GTA 6. But to your point, like you're going to make a lot more money if you release Grand Theft Auto 6 instead of expanding on GTA Online. And look, I don't I know if that's true though. Like I think I think you know if you got Sony's like Matt, model, it sold like a hundred million copies over the course of a lot of a lot of years. But one but of I the mean, reasons it sold that, like of, thirty but, in the first year. But one of the reasons it sold that so well is because of GTA Online and people wanting to keep that continuity going and people continually throw subscri- not subscription money but like I guess they buy those cash cards all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they, in the long run, I think they probably have made more money off GTA Online than they have over on physical sales of GTA Five. That's um, a, that would be an interesting study, actually. I think that's probably my split, like right down the middle at this point. Yeah, but like, the, but the other thing is, I think GTA Online costs a lot less to make. Oh well, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it doesn't cost anything. Like, so like well, it costs something because they're, they're their yeah. updates are like. Pretty. So, I mean, you're you're making stuff. You're you're building new models. You're doing new voices. Sometimes the heist update was not nothing, yeah. and that was free. Um, but like, you know, the revenue stream on that because that's the other thing is the constant revenue stream of uh, Red Dead Online and GTA Online means they don't have to release anything until they want to. Like that apparently is enough money for them to just sort of coast on that until yeah, they decide is, something's ready to come out. To. Why would you not want to release a new game? Because they're not done. They're creatives. Some of the best creatives in the industry, I would add. Like you, to me, I'm. I like to think myself as at least a little bit creative. I always need to be creating and finishing stuff, and then moving on to the next project. Like, oh, that's not how it works. It's not how any of that works. Not it's for the, them. Not that's for anyone. Sure. Not for anyone at that level. Here's what, as, as George Lucas used to say: movies are not released; they escape. Like, yeah, I mean, if you I, really I get, get your head down on, and if blah, you get your head, it's never going to be done. And these guys exactly definitely operate on that kind of model because they think they're making movies. And um, you know, I think you're looking at, at uh, you know, I'm sure with something like GTA Six in particular, I think you're probably looking internally at some kind of feature creep on the level of something like Star Citizen. And they obviously don't have the revenue stream that Star Citizen has, where they can just keep pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars and adding like new physics to spaceships and crap like Star Citizen does. But GTA Six needs to be something phenomenal and that can create some kind of weird paralysis where they just take years and years to make this thing. Oh, we want to do this thing with this, but it's not ready. So we'll wait till the tech's new and we get the tech's up to up to par. And now we got the new systems. We'll do that. And like, so you might be seeing some feature creep kind of thing on that. Um, also like earlier as well. To. Yeah. But to your point earlier as well, like, do you think that um, they're going to trash GTA online for GTA six? You think they're going to just launch a whole brand new client? No, I think GTA 6 will well, be Well, then why? Then kind of the stuff you said earlier doesn't make a lot of sense then. Yeah, it does. That's the revenue stream now, is the online yeah, stuff. Yeah, I get that. But you said that they would rather just continue GTA Online instead of build GTA 6. Well, once GTA 6 launches, GTA Online isn't ending. It's going to continue. Mm-hmm. But like GTA Online makes them tons of money already, and they don't need to spend And it'll continue to. And, and they so don't have to make that so, money plus the 30 million sales in the first year and the 30 million. The but if you don't, the- if you just don't do that, then you haven't spent 300 million dollars. You then need to make back having made GTA Six. But Matt, they'll make that in literally a minute. They make that literally now. Right, like there, and they'll keep no making ins- that. But they're going to only keep making that. You make GTA Six, you make all that. But that's the exact. But that's the exact. That's. I don't know why you don't get this. Like, there's no pressure to make that money. They can do that whenever they want. Whenever no, I do they get that. Whenever they put GTA Six we out, they will make this. that. I said they're creatives, and they should just want to create and release. They want to create. Releasing is not that important when you're creating. Like they want it to be done. Do. They want it to be good. I, I mean, when I work on something, I want to release it. I want people to see it. I want to get back on it to make it better. 
I think when you're in the trenches on it, sure. If you're like one call on the shots, you want the, you want to tweak this, you want to make this perfect, you want to do that. Like I think that you can get a lot. Of pers- you know, maybe not now that the housers are mostly gone, but I think Rockstar has a at the top level has a culture of perfectionism, and that leads to the long dev times and the endless waiting for these games. I do wonder too if the exodus that has happened recently at Rockstar Games is because Take Two maybe was finally like, look, man, like this is insane. Like I think about like. I don't, th- I don't think so. Like, Rockstar's I- living in an alternate universe where it thinks it's okay to take 12 years to make a game. Like, Well, when you're the biggest thing in the world, you can do whatever you want. I mean, look at James Cameron does the same thing. It's like the man's going to make five Avatar movies. Yeah, like, but he, made, he worked on other stuff, like, in between, and, like, like this is all they do. So <laughs> this they. is their they, one they were, job. They worked on, they worked on uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and they worked on you yeah, know, GTA Online is still work. GTA Online is still work. I just, I think it's crazy. I think it's disheartening because I don't really give a crap about GTA Online. I'm never going to. I want to play GTA 6. And I think the vast majority of people are on our team. Most people are not playing GTA Online. They're not. Um, Despite the fact that every console that's sold, that tends to be the game that most people buy. Yeah, I don't um, remember what the what the current numbers on GTA Online are. If they've I'm sure they're still pretty anything. big, but, but they do they do just fine. Tens of millions of us that buy games every every month. So I don't know. And, and whenever and, G, that's the thing though, whenever GTA Six comes out, those tens of millions of us will buy it. It doesn't matter. And they, it's not like they're if they're not hurting for money, if they're not in danger of going out of business, why not sit there and make the thing as perfect as they want to make it? Like it, it's. They have the luxury to do. They're one of probably like two or three studios in the world that have the luxury of doing that. Yeah. Um, and so three might be pushing it. it. <laughs> it's like yeah. them and Naughty Dog, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. PD Project Red at though in there probably. PD Project Red because they own themselves there. and yeah, nobody's exactly. going to tell they them. They own what themselves. To do. <laughs> they got they got that government cheese. They could yeah. you know if they wanted to they could push Cyberpunk next year if they yeah. want you know but like there's a point at which someone's going to show up with pitchforks and torches and <laughs> you just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But Rockstar is smart because they just won't fucking talk about it until it's like six months out. Like they yep. do the Red Dead. Or until it's leaked in some weird way. Um, and then to pile on, Rockstar also announced this week that Red Dead Online is going to be released as a standalone game mm-hmm. on December 1st. Um, and the, the the twist or the catch is that it's $5 at first. And then I believe in February, it goes up to 20. So they're basically doing the whole drug dealer thing where it's like the first one's free. And then they know you're going to get into the ecosystem and you're going to start spending money on microtransactions and all that crap. So they're trying to charge you money to charge you money. And it's really bad when you get to February where they're going to charge you 20 bucks to charge you more money. At least on December 1st, it's only five bucks. Um, do you think there's an audience of people, Matt, who have no interest in playing the campaign of Red Dead Redemption 2, but want to play Red Dead Online? Maybe. Like, and if they Seems like a, sli- a really thin sliver of the if pie. They, if they do exist, I guess now would be the time because... I imagine everyone who has that game wants that game has that game to some degree. I mean, you could say that about GTA Five as well, and that didn't. Yeah, that, they, true, that, true. Dude, that game proved us wrong for like four years straight. <laughs> um, but I mean, also like I mean, I've played Red Dead Online a few, a couple, you know, a fair amount. Um, I've quit a couple times because one of the, I don't play multiplayer. I just sort of play stuff and go through things and you know do the the challenges and. 
I haven't played it since the opening week. I was trying to do the thing where you get shooting each other. I was trying to do the thing where you you get the daily challenges, and every time you do a challenge each day, you get like it's like a multiplier. And after like a month, you're making all this extra money from from just doing daily challenges because you've got the multiple. But I kept hitting this thing where like something would happen or the servers be down. I couldn't get into it in time, and I'd lose my streak. And I just after I I lost a streak that was like 18 days long, and I just like Mike, I'm not playing you anymore. I'm done. Um, so like that's been. I mean, that's a very common tactic. We actually. We haven't told people this, but yeah. we do that on Sifted with our experience. Um, if you show up every day, you get more mm-hmm. EXP for your level on Sifted. So, so that worked for me for a while, but then like I just sort of wandered away from it. And um, uh, I will say, t- I'll say this: like one of the things that happened when I would play Red Dead Online and get frustrated with it, I would switch back to the campaign because the campaign at least mostly worked properly. And there were no server issues or connection problems. I could just play it and wander around the world and shoot rabbits and do whatever I wanted. And um, so that might be a thing like, you know, there, there is an element of Red Dead Online, at least for me, where I play it for a while. And there's sort of an element of like, I'd love to play this, but like in peace. No, they I switch need to, to remove the, single the PvP player. from the game. That's my big, con- I hate it. Like, I would love to just be in an online world like that with other people and us riding as a posse to go accomplish missions. That's I mean, cool. you can pretty much do that now. The the but, the safe mode makes you more or less invulnerable. I have not been attacked by other players okay. in like a year. Okay. Um, and they fixed the thing, the major issue I had with it. Because I, yeah. I would never go back. I was like, I'm done. Like, it was just people just shooting each other in the head. There was yeah, like, you can, you no, can switch it to, this. You can switch it to peaceful mode, which makes you like 90% invincible to enemy, to other, other players. Um, unless you fight back, basically. Okay. And the only time I've ever had a problem is I accidentally got on the wrong horse once, and it turned oh. out to be a guy's horse. He thought you were stealing his horse. He thought he was stealing his horse, and he came chasing after me, <laughs> shooting enough. me. And I, and I stopped and got off the horse, and he was. And it was just like this moment where we're like pointing our guns at each other. And it's like he just got on his horse and rode away. So it, it turned out okay. <laughs> you know, in the wild west, though, that was a death sentence stealing a oh, horse. Oh yeah, that was. Oh yeah, literally, you could hang for it. So I mean, to be fair, there was like seven horses where we were, and I just got on the wrong one. I just, I thought <laughs> he it was had to mine. Have his. We the both had we both had black horses, and I got on the wrong black horse, and rode <laughs> and he freaked out. And I think it must pop up a thing that says, you know, whoever's stealing your horse, go get him. And so, like, that's what happened. <laughs> so, Matt, one, do you think there's a market for this? Uh, we kind you kind of seem like you said no. Um, I don't think it's a huge market, but it's like it's like you said on the streaming thing. It's like any 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 little bit helps, as the old woman said when she pissed in the sea, uh, <laughs> which is an actual English expression. It is it or not? Yeah. Um, so I guess why not open that new revenue stream? And I imagine like around the holidays when you got gift cards burning a hole in your stocking, that like it's like oh that thing oh that Red Dead thing's five bucks. Oh, it's gonna be twenty bucks. I guess I get it now. It's five bucks. That's a bargain. It's like okay, like yeah. you know. It People, just also shows me that Red Dead Three is going to be a long ways away. No, no, Red Dead. If we even ever see a Red Dead Three, yeah. Like I, you know, that, well, the way it's sold, I think we will. But maybe it may be a probably, while. It'll probably be next gen. Need a gap in between like releases. I think. I mean, Red. I'll. I'll see. I'll see you up for Red Dead Three on the PS Six. Okay. Frankly, that, that's like, about that's, right. I think that's my I guess. About right. But right, it's going to be a while. Um, and they're pushing Red Dead Online again. There's that revenue stream. Why would they release a new one? It's just this mm-hmm. cycle that is very frustrating to me. And yeah. as that's right now, I just topic I would, is in the show. Right now, I just like them to patch uh, patch the Xbox version to like, take the frame cap off it. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, but then it presents problems for other people. There's 
this whole new generation is so dicey because you do one thing that satisfies one group, then it could have some other effect that negatively impacts somebody else. It's, I don't think anybody's going to mind if you take the frame cap off the Series X version. Like that's not no, if, as long as it's just that version, for sure. Yeah, I think that's the problem that they've run into, though, is that, well, I've run into it. Like having the PS4 version or the PS5 version, sometimes I accidentally run the PS4 version. Like it's, it's well, a that's why, I say, that's why I say Xbox because they've got that pretty much figured out. Yep. So uh, smart delivery actually works well. It's and actually smart. Yeah. It works. It's it's a more important thing than I thought it was going to be, especially seeing as how Sony. Now that I've seen that. it botched, yeah. yeah. Now that I've got screwed out of what appears to be about seven hours of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it matters for sure. Okay, it's time to move on. And special correspondent to Game Face, Vincent Borchart, has been playing. Amazon Luna. It is the new game streaming service from Amazon that Michael Pactor has been predicting for literally the last five years. Well, it finally came to fruition. It's in beta right now. Vincent checked it out, and here is his report. All right, we're here with Game Face Field Correspondent Vincent Borchart. Vincent, you've been playing Amazon Luna. You've also played some Stadia, but today we really want to talk to you about Amazon's new streaming service for games, Luna. You've been playing around with it. You got a free demo? Is that how you got to try it out? Basically, I requested early access, and they sent it to me about a couple days ago. And they didn't send you any hardware, right? They just sent you like a code or something. Yeah, basically just here's click this to sign to start it, and then I I have a seven day free trial to start with. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, How much is it before we get into the nuts and bolts of Luna? How much is it if you pay for it every month? So there's actually two parts to it. There's the main Luna luna plus channel is what they're calling it okay that's what i got for free in my trial and then it's six bucks a month okay that's not bad and then, yeah and then the other options that there's a ubisoft specific channel which is is directly connected to their ubisoft plus service on pc okay that basically on pc it gives you essentially all their games but so far on luna it's only about 20 of them oh that's not a lot it does include Valhalla and, and Watch Dogs Legion, though, so they're getting some of the big stuff. That's that's a pretty big deal. So basically, for six bucks a month, you could play like Valhalla and Watch Dogs. No, right that's now. that's no, that's for the six bucks is for the Luna Channel. That doesn't that has a lot of games, but nothing that's super new. Okay, Ubisoft and then you have to pay is, extra for the Ubisoft Plus. I mean, Ubisoft Plus is just something separate. Like, you can get that on PC, and you get basically everything they've ever released on PC. Yeah, but how does... I know that, but how does it relate to Luna? Are you not getting that service rolled in? You basically, you link your account if you're already subscribing to Ubisoft Plus. Oh, I see. So the cost for Ubisoft isn't rolled into the cost of Luna at all. It's just something that you would pay for, and then it just kind of is integrated into Luna. Yeah. Okay. That that now things are a lot more clear as, as far as how that whole okay. partnership is working. Um, it, and I guess ultimately it's really not that big of a partnership because <laughs> you already have Ubisoft Plus. Why would you, if you're not getting a break on Ubisoft Plus, why wouldn't you just use Ubisoft Plus instead of using it through Luna? 
I just because you your PC isn't good enough, or you want to play it on your phone. I guess. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine playing Valhalla on my phone, but I guess you know they do have the Bluetooth controllers and stuff like that that can help you out in that way. Um, yeah. So Luna is a game streaming service, um, and a lot of people. I, Actually, I would say people have been pleasantly surprised by Stadia. Most of the people that I know that have tried it have been like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now, people who are into competitive gaming, it's probably never going to be good enough for them. But what about Luna stands out the most to you now that you've given it a go? So the main thing is that you're getting a lot more for your money just in the base Luna subscription. Because as we saw with Stadia, you get the occasional front games from Stadia Pro, or you have to buy everything separately. Right. While Luna's got, I think it's 57 games right now. They've okay. actually added a couple since the last time I checked the library. So th which shows that they're adding them pretty regularly. Yeah. So you get 57 games for six bucks a month instead of what, Stadia's what, around like 10, 12 or something like that? Yeah, Stadia's 10 bucks a month, and then they've still paying they for games. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it looks or like... You get on the face, Luna is a better deal. Uh, the library does sound a little thin to me, but it's encouraging to hear that they're adding stuff, even as you're kind of evaluating it. So that's that's encouraging. Um, I think everyone's biggest question, though, about any game streaming service is the latency. How does it feel to play games on the service, Vincent? Well, first of all, we've got to go about what kind of games are on the service. For yeah. Stadia, they pretty much... They're, they weren't really pushing streaming that much. Obviously, there were a couple fighting games like Mortal Kombat, but missing uh, input or two isn't going to be that big a deal. Mm -hmm. But for Luna, they're really pushing it. They've got all kinds of games that require precise things. They've got the old Castlevania and Contra collections Konami release, recently released. They have Sonic Mania. They have R-Type, an old-school side-scrolling shooter. Twitch games, yeah. where you really need yeah. that response. Now, Luna's doing something different, though, right, with this controller. Doesn't it have some kind of crazy tech that communicates with your router and tries to cut out some of the latency? Yeah, it's the same thing Stadia does with its controller, but I haven't been able to try that since I don't have the Luna controller itself. Mm -hmm. How much is the Luna controller? I think it's 50 bucks, but I am honestly not sure. Okay. Is that something you would even consider? Like, was the latency good enough where you wouldn't feel like, you know what, I probably need to spend that extra 50, 60 bucks on the controller? Depends on the game. Like, it, there are some easier ones, but When you say I don't easy, know. you mean games that aren't relying upon, like, X number of frames to execute a counter or things like that, right? Yeah. Um, so what you've been playing is like a lot of indie stuff, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's a lot of smaller games. The biggest game by far on it is Control. Okay. So, and then there's a bunch of games from Team 17. There's a bunch of games from from Way Forward. There's so does it Sega appear has like they've partnered with like indie publishers and we're like, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars and we'll get like your whole library for Luna. That'd be my guess. Yeah. So you're seeing like from Team 17, like the bulk of its releases for the most part. Yeah. Like the ukulele games, mm -hmm. Yoku's Island Express. And then from way forward, they got a couple Shantae's. They got River City Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What percentage out of 100 would you say are like big budget games versus indie games? Looking at the library right now, I'd say... There's Control, and there's Metro Exodus, 
and then it starts to go downhill as far <laughs> as big budget games. So that's like two out of fifty-seven is essentially what you're saying. Yeah, like wow. So that's like tale, two, that, like four percent basically of the games. Red is kind of big, but otherwise, it's mostly all indie stuff. Yeah. So which makes me look at the six dollar price tag a little differently because Stadia. That's one thing about Stadia. It is getting like a lot of big releases. Like it's going to have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Like who knows when Luna will get that game. Yeah, but I mean, you still have to pay for all those games. Those games you get from free, they are some bigger ones, but you're only getting like one or two big games a month, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like PlayStation Plus or games with gold on Xbox Live. It's pretty yeah. much what you're paying for with that monthly charge on uh, on Stadia. But you don't have to buy a console and you can play like the big releases the day that they come out without spending the 500 bucks or whatever. Um, on a new next-gen machine. So there's certainly advantages there for Stadia that you're not getting with Luna. Um, has has Amazon said anything about them kind of changing to kind of meet the demands that uh, Stadia is satisfying? I don't know. I know that the six-buck-a-month price is a beta price and that they're probably going to change it whenever it goes into full service. Oh, which means it'll go up. Usually. And that'll probably be when they get the bigger games. Gotcha, gotcha. How much longer is this in beta? What's the official kind of full release for Luna? I don't think they have one yet. Really? Mm. What has impressed you the most with Luna? Just a wide variety of games you get. Just so many different games and theoretically for a cheaper price. Now, thinking about things that I've talked about on Game Face before, about how I have all these free games that I'm getting from Xbox Live, PlayStation Plus, from Twitch, from Epic Game Store, et cetera, et cetera. Does, that, does it have a lot of value, that library? Because I, I feel like maybe I already own at least half of those games, just from all the free giveaways that I've got over the last, like, five years. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like, even I own a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like, what percentage would you say, just from being someone who just grabs the free stuff that you're given as a gamer in 2020, like, what percentage of the games do you think you already own? I know it's going to be a rough estimate, but... Like, maybe 20-25%. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> that certainly takes a little bit of the oomph out of Luna. Um, now, you said that Luna is focusing on games that actually do rely on latency. So how do those games hold up? Not that well. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's hard to control. That. Like, if... I, if I'm playing Sonic and I run into and I'm trying to go fast, uh -huh. it's hard to see stuff. So or, wait, the are you saying that like the visual quality gets blurry? I mean, a little, but it, that isn't the main problem. It's that if I'm still moving, it's hard to do things precisely. So there's a delay, a yeah. noticeable delay. Yeah. And do you notice it in the games that don't rely on latency as much, but it's just not like that big of a deal? Or do you just not notice it at all? I don't notice it as much. I know okay. that there's a delay, but it's not as needed. Right. Um, but do you still feel it, though, in the controls when you're playing? Does it feel, still feel like there's a lag between hitting a button and whatever happening on the screen? If I'm looking for it, I can see it, but okay. it, does, it doesn't always. Does it bother you? In some of the games, it's been a lot worse. Like Sonic, I could see. Like I, I don't think I would even want to play a Sonic game, a 2D Sonic game especially. Um, on a streaming service. I just know I'm set up for failure there. Fighting games, I probably would just stay away from. Um, shooters, probably, as well. Uh, yeah, but, like, I played Control, and that felt fine. Like, I tried the Switch Cloud version just with its free trial, mm -hmm. and it 
Lunas definitely feels better than that did. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So you're able to compare it to essentially, and what is that company again that's handling all that streaming stuff? There's a, it's called like Hubrid or something like that. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah. So you're basically comparing their tech to Luna and you're saying Luna is noticeably better. Yeah. Okay. That's encouraging. And then there are some games that are on that were that I played on both Stadia and Luna. They felt mostly the same. Like Grid felt mostly the same. The Steam World games felt mostly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you played a, a driving game, like a pretty intensive driving game, and it felt okay. That's that's pretty encouraging as well. Yeah. I mean, um, I just suck at Grid, but that's not Stadia's <laughs> that's or not, Luna's fault. Yeah, that's <laughs> not Luna's fault. That's just our fault because we aren't very good at the games that we're playing sometimes. <laughs> Would you pay for it? Would you pay the $6 a month for Luna? Mm, I don't think I need to. I've got a ton of games that I could play for free that I already own. So do you think that exclusive games will be an issue? Because my guess is Amazon's not going to have a whole lot of them. They've tried to develop games for the last half decade, and it's pretty much fallen on its face. Do you think it's going to need exclusives to be successful? Because it seems like Stadia is kind of hovering in in that orbit. Yeah, I'd, probably, but the Amazon's been isn't going to keep its stuff exclusive. Like, yeah. New World is going to be on PC. Mm-hmm. Like, Crucible was on PC before it flopped and unreleased and then closed. Yeah. Here's the question I think a lot of people are going to have. Stadia or Luna? Having played both of them, you're probably one of the few people on the planet who can say that. Having tried both, which one would you recommend? Stadia gets a big plus because it actually has an experience you can't get in Orcs Must Die 3 and some of the other exclusives that you can get on there. Yeah, it does have some exclusives. It has tried. And there are some pretty good ones coming, obviously. There's some, they got, they're yeah. putting some money into their first-party stuff. But if you don't care about those minor indie-timed exclusives and exclusives that they have right now, Loom is definitely a better library if you just want pure games. Mm-hmm. I'd say do the free trial on both and you probably will get enough. <laughs> so wait, you're saying neither is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fully cooked yet. Like if, okay. you, if you want an easy library, you can pick up Luna for six bucks a month, but there's a bunch of ways you can get a free, get a relatively cheap library. Like game pass is probably better than this, even though it's slightly more expensive. Just yeah. for game pass. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're getting all Microsoft's first party stuff there as yeah. well. In addition to, and probably a lot more big budget third party stuff too. Is there anything else you want to add before we, uh, before we go? The main thing is that Luna seems a lot more in progress and okay. it's making some interesting decisions. Like for example, as far as I can tell, there is no game that supports online multiplayer on the Luna at all. Might be smart. <laughs> yeah, more You're going to have a like bad experience. Why would you subject consumers to it, especially in beta when you're trying to get people on board, you know? Yeah, more specifically, like it's being taken out of games like I oh. see on their menu screens that like, here's where the online will go, but it's not there. Oh, so they're proactively removing multiplayer modes from games that had them be- that had it before. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a double-edged sword. It makes your service look better, but it also makes your service look limited when somebody boots up one of those games and they see that multiplayer mode all grayed out. So that could be a bit of a dicey strategy. Um, what? Anything else that you want to add? I did find it interesting that everything is trying to be focused on controllers, which I guess makes sense. But yeah. like, one of the weirdest things is that Two Point Hospital is one of the games on there, and I've been 
I obviously played, still play that a ton. I reviewed it for Sifted. I mm-hmm. did that. But it's the console version. You can't actually play it with mouse and keyboard. It's just weird. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> it sounds like they're getting whatever they can get right now. They're just yeah. like, if we can get a game on here, that'll play. And yeah, maybe people need a controller to play it or whatever, but at least it's there. I'm assuming yeah, but- all that stuff will be standardized and all those kinks will be ironed out before official launch. At least I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, whenever that is. Yeah, who knows when that'll be. Um, They certainly had an opportunity here over the holidays to try to market it, but it just sounds like it's not quite there yet. Thanks for jumping on that grenade and playing Amazon Luna. Somehow I become the streaming expert. You have. I guess guess I'm glad that I don't have a data cap. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's another concern, obviously, for a lot of people. Yeah, we saw the Comcast is going to roll out its data cap nationwide. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not see that. That could be the death knell for game streaming services. I mean, I thought maybe just end it right there. Yeah. Wow. That's certainly something to consider as we go forward. But Vincent, thank you for taking a look at both Stadia and now Amazon Luna. All right, a big thank- thanks to Vincent for checking out Luna for us. It, so he's 0 for 2 on game streaming services, Matt. He says no on Luna and no on Stadia. So I guess that uh, ties in a little bit to what you've been saying all along. Uh, that people like us are just not going to really resonate with game streaming. Solution in search of a problem. I'll say it until it goes away. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again, Vincent, for checking it out. And uh, Vincent is in chat right now. If any of you guys have any questions about Luna that wasn't answered in the segment, you can ask him, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer. All right, we're going to move on to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 for the last time on Game Face until we talk about the final game. And some people are talking about that final game right now because there are copies of the game out in the wild. Um, CD Projekt Red is doing its best to stomp out the links whenever it finds them. And I'm sure YouTube's working very closely with CD Projekt Red to do that. Uh, But the game is out there. There are spoilers out there. Be careful. Um, Some of you guys may want to see it. The game is gigantic. Uh, Seeing 30 minutes of the game probably isn't going to spoil much, to be perfectly honest with you. But the game is now about two weeks away, I guess, from release. We're almost there, Matt. This long, crazy road with Cyberpunk 2077. This has literally been going on for like eight years now. Um, And this week, they had the final uh, Night City Wire broadcast before the game comes out. It was Night City Wire 5. And CD Projekt Red was very, very smart uh, with the Night City Wire that they chose to publish last. And that's because this entire episode was about Johnny Silverhand and Keanu Reeves. Um Matt, are, do you think that was smart? Yeah, I mean, Keanu is definitely the thing that kind of catapulted this uh-huh. beyond the normal scope of yep. things. At I E3 think last year, yep. I think his appearance at E, you know, like as as Adam said, uh, you know, the 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 metrics on his, his spike trap company, uh, you know, says all the time the most talked about game on the internet is Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Always, it is always Fortnite. Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. And that week, the most talked about game on the internet for the first time ever was not Fortnite. It was Cyberpunk. Yeah. And I think that was largely due to Keanu showing up and making mainstream news. Now, I'm seeing Cyberpunk billboards all over L.A. In fact, there's one like right outside my window here by the 405. Uh, they're all over town. I have not seen a Cyberpunk TV commercial yet. Have you? 
No, but I don't really watch TV with oh. commercials much. Uh, I watch a lot I of football, and they, that's usually when you. That's see where it. you'll see it. Yeah. yeah, that's when you see the whole cross section of every commercial. That's I will be right. very surprised if you don't see some commercials on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving during, during those games, and this yeah. I think we're going to start to see it. My question to you is: Is Keanu Reeves going to be in a TV commercial? Oh, absolutely! Like yeah. not even not even a question. I mean, at the very least, Johnny Silverhand will. I don't know if Keanu will be live action saying like, hey, I'm in this game. Come by. Like, that's a little 50s to me. It is very but, um, 50s, but I mean, it's effective. It's working for the game. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw like starring Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand and you, you see Johnny Silverhand say something Keanu-esque or something. Uh-huh. Um, like to, like as a sting at the end of the... Yeah. Of the commercial or whatever, yeah, or like like they did in the the original trailer, really, where they premiered him, and at the end, he like reaches out his hand or something, says like, yeah, "Come on, yeah. we got work to do" or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it would be silly not to use him. Yeah, but of course. Knowing him, though, I could actually see him write something into his contract where he's like, "I'll do everything for development and production, but I'm not going to be in the TV commercials." No, like, he's done. See. He's done a lot of promotion for it already. Like yeah. he's, he's talked about it and stuff. He's been in a lot of other promotional things. I think the trade-off there was that they they use and promote his motorcycle company because mm-hmm. all the motorcycles in the game are his custom motorcycle company from real life. They're um, badass bikes, they're awesome. too, man. <laughs> they're so, really I, so I think that is so I think that's the key is like you know they they made a really he made a really benefit. I'm sure they paid him very well anyway, but he also they made a very beneficial deal for his company, which is the thing that he really he loves motorcycles and he loves playing music. And so uh, I think I think that's the main reason he's so like. Uh, invested in this is it's benefiting him on multiple levels. Not just he's not just getting paid for it. It's going to help out his his uh, passion project. So now, provided he isn't killed off in the game. Um, he, well, I mean, he is. That's the premise. Oh, like, I wasn't aware of that. See, I've tried to stay like on blackout. Yeah, no, he all the story. That's why. That's why, like in the early trails, like you see him sort of materialize. Uh-huh. Is like Johnny well, Silverhand. I know he's an old war hero. He's a he's a he's a rock man, rock star. Yeah, he's also the, like he had a military. Pass. There was it was a military pass. Like he's from the old original pen and paper game, but he's dead or believed to be dead in in the current game when you start the game. Oh. And you start and you start seeing him after some stuff happens to you, and you don't know if that's real or if he's uh, a, a hallucination or a ghost. You kind of spoiled it. <laughs> this is literally the premise of the game. Like, oh, I didn't know. I don't is, know any of that. Like I. Yeah. I have stayed away from so, all so of that Johnny stuff. Silverhand's presence in the game, period, is like part of the mystery. Uh, what what is this? So is it what like one of these he? things where like you're the only one who sees him and people think you're I think crazy? So. Uh, I think that's that's what's going on. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, because my question was gonna be, do you think that this franchise is gonna be attached at the hip to Keanu Reeves for the next however long? I think I think he's like your partner. I think he's like yeah. your ghost partner, basically, is what is the premise here. I think that's okay. what's happening. Because okay. I haven't paid a ton of it. I haven't seen this. He's like your Navi. I haven't seen this episode <laughs> of Night City Wire even. Okay. But as I, from what I understand, that is the premise of Keanu's character is he is he is this superstar and you're like, you don't understand why he keeps showing up and talking to you. And you don't know if he's a hologram or not. He might be a hologram. He might be a hallucination of your brain. He might be or someone hacking your brain. Or he could just be all robot, brain. right? Because I mean, cyberpunk. it's, it's cyberpunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, no, he's, he's, he pops in and out, I think. Oh, okay. And so, and no one else can see him. So like, or he might maybe he's only optically camouflaged to everyone but you. Like you know, right, it's, you like it's cyberpunk. Anything and you know, and you, possible. You've got you can tons make of up implants. <laughs> yeah, you're all wired up with shit. Like someone could be hacking your brain. He could be a virus in your own internal computer yeah, system. Like really, knows? anything like could be possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. I like the premise now that I know. I mean, I've been interested in the premise in this game all along, but to me, it was just about owning Night City. Like that's really what I thought it was about. Like I didn't 
real. I thought he was just like the rock star in Night City that you rubbed elbows with here and there. And because it was Keanu, you rub elbows with him more than you probably would in any other game. But no, wow. he's uh he's he's, he's your, like a focal point of the plot. Yeah, he's your ghost, he's your ghost cop buddy, uh, who is probably dead, but maybe not dead. But I mean they dropped a nuke on him, but no body was found. But if you drop a nuke on someone, you probably aren't gonna find a body. I, I don't know, yeah. It's uh, it's it's part of the mystery of the of the story. Okay, so we'll see. Yeah, that's it's yeah, interesting. It, I'm but it's excited a good reason for that. And there's all there's all you I mean these other cam, cameos from various people in this game, not on the level of Keanu Reeves. You know, Alana Pierce is not. <laughs> who else? Who else is in it, Matt? There's some from? like online. I think is it Alana? Not Alana Pierce. Uh, Erica Ishii, I think, is in there somewhere. Um, there's a couple of like online famous people. I wonder if Grimes will actually be in the game. I don't her know. music's in there, but I wonder if she'll be in it. Because they did kind of give her like at least an artist rendering of her in the game, but wouldn't I don't shock know. me. I mean, it's a it's a big cast here. You can put just about anybody who wants a role in there. I would imagine. Yep. Um, um so it, uh, I think it was really smart to right before the game comes out, your last big promotional thing that you're doing for the game, just load it up with Keanu Reeves, and that's exactly what they did. They did two separate segments with Keanu. They did like a big trailer just for Johnny Silverhand. And then they did a developer doc of behind the scenes with Keanu where he's in the mocap studio and in the VO booth and all that kind of stuff. You're right. I mean, he really has gone above and beyond for CD Projekt Red on this game. Uh, there were a couple other things, and you're seeing some of it now in the B-roll that were mentioned. The coolest thing, I think, is what you're seeing now, which is this company called July. And they have this crazy lip-syncing technology that is used in the game that literally all you have to do is just provide them with the VO, and the animation happens automatically on the character's face. Um, the doc goes deep into their tech and how they made it work. Mm. It's insane. But the bottom line is, it allowed them to localize this game for, like, every country in no time flat. Because all you had to do was have the voiceover work from the voice actors, and then give that data to July. J-A-L-I, by the way. It's not J-U-L-Y. Um, and you give it to them, and then they send you the facial animation data. Um, it's pretty incredible. And what I've seen of it in action so far in the game, it's pretty awesome. Somebody um, hand that over to Square Enix. There's a like, lot of customers. Right away. <laughs> I can tell you, Matt, after this game comes out, July is going to blow up. I don't know mm -hmm. if they are publicly held right now, but if they are, you might want to go look at their stock and maybe buy some. This is an insider trading, by the way. We're allowed to do this. I don't have any insider information. That's a publicly published video that I watched that showed off their tech. Um, so anyway, that's really impressive. And I think what's going to happen is after this game comes out, they're going to get more calls than they can handle. They're going to, I think they're going to blow up because these these developers that have been like hand animating faces or doing like the I mean, most, million most, dot mocap stuff. I mean, most game engines or most most big publishers do have automatic lip syncing tech, but you always you tech. always got to go. Yeah, but you always got to go in and tweak. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah, this this Make seems like much more. This seems much smarter. Um, like, like you can see that in Horizon Zero Dawn. I think yeah. is, um, yeah, I think a lot game. of the a lot of the cutscenes in that game wore these standard sort of you know your standard lip sync whatever protocol they had, and they didn't have time to go back and tweak a bunch of it. And then you see in Frozen Wilds, it's a lot better because I think they had time to kind of go in by hand and and play with things a little bit more. Um, you also had that problem with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. A lot yep. of Mass Effect Andromeda scenes were basically they ran it through the automatic sort of lip sync cutscene renderer and were Didn't able to go back up. and tweak it to be yeah. a little more functional. Um, but the, if if July can do this stuff like that fast and like proprietary and like you just 
send it to them and they send you the data back. Like that's that's a game changer. Yeah, literally a game changer. Yeah, I think that company is going to blow up if they are publicly held. I highly recommend buying their stock now before uh, Cyberpunk comes out and they start exploding and the revenue starts going up. Um, uh, what else? So they did some stuff on the soundtrack, which I will say, not the licensed stuff, which is good. And but I am a Grimes fan. I don't like Grimes' song in the game, if that makes sense. But the original score in this game is what I really like. It's the stuff that you've been hearing in like all the Night City Wire stuff, in all their trailers. It's just this crazy kind of sexy cyberpunk sleazy. I don't even know how to. It's like it's hard to even describe the genre. Kind of a vaporwave noir to it. I love it. Like I I want. I hardly buy any gaming OSTs. I am definitely interested in buying this one. Um, and they did a bunch of stuff about that, about how it was made and who worked on it. And basically just wrapped everything up and put a bow on it for all of us on December 10th when this game comes out. I, uh, I, I, I struggle to think of a game I've been more excited to play in the last five years. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, I am really jacked up for this game. You guys should be too. I know there's like all this stuff flying around. It's not running on current gen very well and all this don't worry about all that crap, man. <laughs> this game is going to be freaking awesome, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, but that's it. That's the last Night City Wire. That's our last big promo. All that's left now is for us to get the game and uh, play it for ourselves. And that's coming real soon. Um, okay, it's time for our Turkey Awards. For those of you who are on the stream or watching the archive and you're like, what, what the hell is a Turkey Awards? Uh, I have been doing the Turkey Awards on a podcast since... Probably 2009, I guess would be my guess, when I started doing it on Invisible Walls. We did it every Thanksgiving, and we've continued doing it here on Sifted on Game Face. And the Turkey Awards are basically Matt and I's chance to pick a runner-up and a winner for the turkeys of the year in gaming. The companies, the people, the products that disappointed us or just landed with a thud or laid an egg, however you want to describe it. This is our chance, Matt and I's chance, to call out a couple things from the year that we they didn't sit quite so well with us. Uh, Matt is going to kick things off with his runner-up for the Turkey Award of 2020. What is it, Matt? Um, my runner-up is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, <laughs> Not I do have surprised a, by that one. <laughs> I do have a tendency for the turkey stuff to at least pick what I thought was the worst experience in, I, of gaming <laughs> I had in the year, and that would probably be this game. Dude, I could hear um, the people on YouTube already raging through the yeah. internet. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Our YouTube just, audience is different from our yeah. uh, Patreon and Sifted audience. <laughs> No, Patreon and Sifted Audience has better taste then. Or maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't play this game when they were 12 and can't see it for what it is, which is an archaic piece of crap. Sorry. I will say this, Matt. A lot of people on YouTube were not happy about your assessment of the Xbox Series X. What I had was to my del- assessment of that? Uh, that you didn't care. That's what oh. they were upset about. Yeah, I had to delete a lot of comments from that episode mm. <laughs> because they were not pleased. Uh, but anyway, on onward with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I care about the Xbox Series X way more than this one. Uh, <laughs> if that makes any any difference. Um, I guess that's actually not true. Like I would have been up for a good quality Final Fantasy VII remake because I yeah. think there's potential there. Who wouldn't um, be? I just don't think this was it. 
Um, I never finished it, Matt. Did you? Neither did I. No, I, I gave up. I gave up around. Of the way through. I probably was, yeah, about 30 hours, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, it's just, um, I mean, look, you can't argue the production value for the most part. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it looks gorgeous most of the time when you're not looking at the doors that have yeah. PS2 textures <laughs> on them. Um, it's, but like in general, just the, 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 the pacing, the storytelling, um, very slapdash and, and just sort of like last gen almost feeling. Not last gen as in like, you know, pre, but it just feels like archaic to me. Um, the combat system is sort of that same like weird real time with vague pause that they've been pushing since Final Fantasy 15, which is also one of my turkey picks. Yeah, I'm not um, either. It, it works better than it did in 15. And I've seen like some of the combat videos where like, oh, you can tweak this and do this. And this is like, okay, cool. Like, it's still not fun to yeah. play. Like, I don't enjoy the fights. Uh, I just didn't feel the combat. I never felt and, like um, my, when I was landing a blow, I could get the and, impact through the And game. a giant chunk of the middle of this game, like the middle 30 hours of this game is just filler. Like yeah. nothing happens in the middle narratively that makes any difference in terms of what happens in the story. And I don't feel like I got a lot of insight into who any of these characters are that wouldn't have been served by going through the general story as already established in the original game. Um, and beyond that, that sort of because of that, the way that feels like filler, you know, people you've been waiting how many years for this thing? And it's clearly part one. We know it's part one. It's not clearly marked as part one. You know, yeah. there's no indication that you're not getting a complete remake in this thing when you buy it in a store shelf. Um, and like you play this thing, and the, that and is like, a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah, and the and the, and the play this thing, and just the amount of just tap dancing filler with all this. Even if even though I do like how they fleshed out some of like Jesse's character, or whatever, you spend so much time doing like that side thing, and it doesn't really matter in the end. And it feels it. There's like this thing that hangs over this game of like. That's a little slimy. It's a I little. Mean, look, it was. Never, it feels like never. you're wasting my time with this shit. And you you, you <clears> couldn't <throat> have just made the game. You just made the the story. You know? And I realize that part of it is because you can't leave Midgar in this game. They want to. They wanted to have a separate period of development time to figure out how to do kind of the open world, if they even do. I, I think there's a non-zero chance you never get an open world in this remake series. I think. Oh right yeah. Out. You just For pick sure. a place on a map and go there to a largish area, but you never actually run across the planet like you could in the original PlayStation one game. Um, and who knows when that, you know, who knows when we'll play that. It's, just, it's ridiculous, but um, yeah, who knows? It, it just, it be. just feels like, it feels like they we were wasting we'll play that time. or GTA six first. I think we will play that first. Yeah, I, mean, I think too. I agree. I think Final Fantasy remake part two or whatever it is, is going to be, Two or three years away. Yeah, that's what I would guess too. Um, but I would say, I mean, you better hope they're only planning three of these because otherwise we're not seeing the end of this of this gen. I mean, I would prefer that they just said, you know what, we're just going to do a second one and finish it off. <laughs> the they second one. I know no because way. the money's sitting there on the table. They'll never do it. I totally get it. There will um, definitely I, be at least three of these things. <clears throat> I did not particularly enjoy the game i didn't really dislike it but i agree with you the middle of the game became really dull and nothing was really happening and that's where i stalled um but i thought the presentation was really good i thought they handled the the ip in the game pretty well i think it was pretty true to the original in enough ways not in every way mm -hmm. for sure for the most part I mean, it was recognizable and yeah it, but it, in took, enough it took ways, into it took into account sort of the way uh a lot of the final fantasy 7 as a franchise has evolved over the years since yeah. the because obviously it hasn't stood still there have been advent children and the the side games and you know clearly by the end of the game you realize that this is not just a straight retelling of this of the original story there's like something else happening there's like the weird timeline alteration things maybe and like 
there's 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 characters that are around that wouldn't weren't around in the original, and so we'll see where they go with that. Um, there are people who believe that the but part of the next part or one of the parts might just be a full remake of Crisis Core mm. uh, as like a full flashback to like what happened before all these all the events in this game. Yeah. Um, that's also a way to to milk us for more money. That's that's a way to do that. Um, and I'm not saying like this is the worst game of the year. Like yeah, it's, yeah. I've, I've played worse things for sure. But like um, in t- I, I just find this to be the turkey. It's a, it's just it's just like <laughs> it landed with it, it, Here's the other thing I was getting at when I was talking a minute ago. But God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly, as I said <laughs> in WKRP, and this game didn't fly. Yeah. To me, the bottom line is that it was never going to live up to the hype. It's just, it was impossible. Like, well, that's the thing is, like, to a lot of people, apparently it, for it the did. First time, I know. Some people are always going to say that, though, Matt. To most people, it was it did not live up to the hype. And I'm one of those people where it did not live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. But I think it was still a quality product, and I do think it was good enough that it won't turn people off to the next couple parts. I would like to see them somewhat. I'd like to see them take a crack at doing some kind of next-gen patch for this thing that maybe, like, Speed some stuff up, gets rid of some of the weird, weirdly awkward load time things where he has to shimmy. You know, Cloud is constantly shimmying through narrow passageways in this game to cover load time, yeah. and it just feels you don't incredibly need it sloppy. And you have to, I think I don't think they'll do that because you, not, I mean, it would require effort, too much work. And I think they're just like, you know what? Let's just do that for part two. You could maybe make a patch that makes him move through the shimmying parts at like triple speed. That's true. Maybe. You could like, maybe you could just swap in like a quick animation where he slides through or something. Yeah, like just just something. something. It just that's the and that's the other thing is like why it's not fun to me to play is there's no there's no verve and imagination or anything applied to the actual gameplay but the dungeons in this game could have come you know in term except in terms of being a 3D world you walk through could have come straight out of the PS1 generation like yeah. they are they are well I mean it is a of remake of a PS1 games so. it is but you don't it doesn't mean you have to stick with that like you can do anything yeah. I mean, as soon as you remove it from that kind of pre-rendered world it could be anything there's plenty of sections in this game that have no precedent in the PS1 game but they still feel archaic and and uninspired and it's just yeah. sad like there's there could have been a lot more to this like there's moments in this game where you see the, but it could the, be. You see what it could be. You see that the, the yeah. epic quality that they're tr- they were trying to create from day one in that first game, and now there's a couple moments that, like I think, fell flat for the most part in the pre-rendered version in, in the PS1 version. I'm like, oh, that's what was in you know Nomura's head when he designed that scene, and it's really cool to see that. Or it's, or it's really it's also really cool to hear a lot of the music done justice and not with that screechy yeah. nitty they had to use yep. on the PS1. Like, there's a lot of things about it. It's like, yeah, there's always potential in this game that I never thought really lived up to on the PS1 that they achieved in a lot of ways on this, but they fall short in all these other ways that are solved problems for modern games that didn't have to be that way, and it's just very disappointing to me. Okay. Um, it's also partly a ni- nice comment on, like, that this game this year was a pretty good year for games if this is the worst yeah. thing I played. Yeah. Well, I don't think it really yeah. was the worst thing you played, but I think it's the probably thing that, the worst thing I played in terms of I played a It's the thing that pissed you off the most. But it's just like the <laughs> it's just like the most in in a year where we got some really high quality pieces of of you know of work from the major publishers, this just felt like such a, a slacker job. Okay. And and it didn't and it's not everywhere. It's like clearly whoever desi- whoever worked on this shopkeeper's hair <laughs> put in some overtime at some point. But I wish they told the guy who did the doors. Yeah. Yep. And the writing. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's it's time for my first pick, and this may also piss some people off. Um, my runner-up for the Turkey Award for 2020 is Microsoft. Um, launching a console with no games 
is going to earn you the runner-up award in the turkey awards for me. It just is. I just spent $547 on a piece of hardware, and I have not touched it since the day I got it. Um, that, to me, is a huge problem. And I get it. Look, a lot of you people are, are fine playing old games, and you got your Series X just to do that. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I buy new consoles to play new games. Um, and I have been doing that on my PlayStation 5. I've not been doing that on my Series X. Um, and it it's it's a little harder for me to give them this award this year because I feel like Microsoft has also done a lot right this year. Obviously, it bought Bethesda, Zenimax. Um, it's bought Obsidian. It bought, the problem is all this stuff should have happened three years ago, and we wouldn't have had an Xbox console launch without any games. And I, look, I've been banging this drum on Game Face for those three years. So this isn't something I'm just jumping on here. I talked about Phil Spencer probably should have lost his job like three years ago. So this isn't something that's just popping up and I'm just bringing up now. This is something I've been paying attention to for a long time. And the, the apathy that Microsoft has had for the last, honestly, like seven years with its first party content came to roost with the launch of Xbox Series X and resulted in me having nothing to play on a $500 machine that I bought. Um, like now, I really wish it had Windows on it and I could like install PC games on it or use it as like a PC or whatever, render video on it even. Like it would crush Game Face, an episode of Game Face with that kind of processing power. But it's just a video game machine and I don't have any video games for it. So again... Um, you know, Microsoft has had a positive year. It's heading in the right direction, but it just hasn't got there yet. It hasn't reached the destination. And that result, resulted to me in one of the worst console launches that I can really remember as far as like buying this and then playing it. It might be the worst. Um, I'm just being honest. There was nothing on Xbox that I couldn't play on my PS5. So I just immediately just played my PS5 all the time. So also Mixer... Mixer folding this year after them dumping so much money into it and then giving Ninja that gigantic contract and then basically just having to pay him out after like not even a, a, like a small portion of it was satisfied. To me, they made some missteps this year, made more missteps the last four or five years, but this was a year where they all came to fruition. So Microsoft is my runner up for the Turkey Award for 2020. Uh, and now it's time to make that pick, Matt. What is your Turkey Award winner for 2020? Uh, Turkey Award winner, and I don't, I don't think I'll get as much pushback on this uh, <laughs> as Final Fantasy, uh, but it is next-gen console pre-orders. Okay, I don't think anyone's uh, going to argue with you on that one. Which, uh, even though I did get mine, uh, and everything worked out fine, launch day and all that, um, it was nonsense. It doesn't and mean you don't care of, about everyone else. Yeah, and part of it is because of the pandemic and it's hard to get stuff in person. And like you, you kind of lost the ability to wait in line for the in-store stock and they kind of eliminated in-store stock. Basically there, you couldn't go get in-store stock in almost anywhere except GameStop. Uh, and that was only for like one day. Um, it was just a man. And I don't know if there was a solution to it, but it was clear, obviously one of the worst and most like 
in terms of gaming, probably the one of the most depressing moments of the year, watching just Twitter fill up with people who did not get their pre-order and were yeah. upset about it. And it sucks being gonna- on Sifted and seeing, I mean, honestly, all my friends on Sifted that mm-hmm. can't find them, man. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. It sucks. And God, yeah, God help you if you were like at work when the PS5 randomly went live that day and you couldn't get anything at the time or you couldn't follow Mario 64. UK, I guess you saw they, they documented huge issues with scalpers and bots. Yeah, scalper problems. There was... Uh, uh, there's other problems with like UPS uh, delivering boxes that don't have PS5s and they have <laughs> other like products in them, cereal stuff. <laughs> which like, look, they know what they're delivering. Like the guy who brought oh, my yeah. the guy you brought my uh, <laughs> the guy brought my PS5 to the door, like brought it up and like and like dropped it off, and I opened the door to get to get it because it, it, it's a signature delivery, but signatures don't do anything now because of the pandemic. So it's like right. basically they just say, like acknowledge they saw you and you saw him. Yeah, and <laughs> you made eye contact um, pretty much. And but he's he's like I delivered like twelve of these so far. I think there's a PlayStation, and they're like, yep. Yeah, that, that there is so they know what they're carrying and so if well yeah when to, i went down and got my series x from the foyer they did not bring it up here they left it down in our foyer which has had a huge problem with mail theft so i was watching that sucker mm-hmm. on a map like drive around a neighborhood pull up as soon as it went ding delivered i ran downstairs and he was still down there like handling all the other stuff and i went to pick it up he's like you got one huh and i was like mm-hmm. yeah and i was like how does he know like what's in here but he probably delivered like 500 There's of them tons of them yeah, yeah they're all the same size and weight he knows yep. what they are yeah and uh i mean i, I was on the on the lookout too because the week before someone broke into my mailbox all right, uh, right. and stole all my junk mail because i don't get <laughs> anything i don't get any valuable mail like in in the yeah. letterbox that's not but my, my mailbox is like right on the street and so somebody tore it open and i guess enjoy your bed bath and beyond coupon dude <laughs> but like I was paying attention to like, because packages come behind, like they basically drop them behind a gate. Uh-huh. And I was A, on the lookout for someone rolling around looking for packages to steal, but also I didn't want them to drop them over the gate because it's like a five foot drop. So I was like wanting to like, you know, I was hoping they'd ring the bell so I could buzz them in so they could come in and bring it to me, which they did to be, I mean, to be fair, they did. Sometimes, sometimes you get them just, you know, the forty pounds of cat litter just gets hucked over the <laughs> over the wall and just lands where it may. You know? Yeah, but uh, they were careful with these. Luckily. Um, but yeah, uh, tons of people just you know missed out on on this. I mean, obviously there was only so many so many units they were making, but it, you know, at this Sounds point like there were a seeing, lot though. There were a lot, and I mean, obviously if the PlayStation Five sold better than the other right PlayStations that launched, they, you know, they had plenty to go around. But you had the problem with scalpers and bots, and right now it sounds like the scalpers have a better supply of next gen consoles than the retailers do because yeah. they've gotten so many of them. And, and they're I'm sure a lot to- of them, if they're smart, they'll wait to put them on eBay until you get to like yeah, December that December. Right, right around the time Cyberpunk comes out is about when people can get get, get so desperate to get a console to give someone for Christmas, they're willing to pay a premium price. December. December 10th, you put yeah. that sucker up there. That's when all the rich people who slacked and didn't get their kids what they wanted for Christmas yeah. are willing to suddenly realize it's two weeks to Christmas. And, they're and like, I need to buy it that. now to make sure it gets here in time. And I am willing to pay whatever amount. And that's when the scalpers are going to clean up. It sucks. Yeah. It really does. Suck. I mean, I know a guy who does that regularly, no matter what. He doesn't care about pre-ordering. He just, whenever something comes out and he's like, oh, I want, I want to get them. He did that for a PS5. He, uh, he, uh, I think he paid eight nine hundred dollars for it from a, from an eBay scalper, and I was like, "But you could." He's, he's like, "I'm like, you could have gotten a pre order. You could have." He's like, "No, nah, worth it. Cares. If you have the money, they're like, why well, I don't care about money. I have more money like, than I'll ever spend. Yeah, like, you're just encouraging that behavior. He doesn't care. That's yeah. just what he does that for everything. Though. He's, you know, he pays a premium for whatever. It's, if you can uh, afford it, why would you go through the hat, dude? I wouldn't do this if I didn't have to. It was a. It sucked." 
having to like I, I mean I websites and keep refreshing and then like getting halfway through the purchase process and then the website craps out and then you keep refreshing hoping that it'll save like your information it's just the whole thing I mean I theoretically could do that but like I do this I do the pre-order like you know refresh the website because I was I worked retail worked for minimum wage long enough with no money to spend because that was what I had to do to get you understand the value of the dollar man because I'm just like because I'm like I will not pay premium shit for that I don't even like to do that for like action figures and the action figure problem is you know there's people making fun of people it's like about the scalping it's like an action figure collector's like first time like you know it's like um, because that happens all the time and the thing with action figures and stuff and transformers is that they don't come back like they make you know the third party transformers they make three four thousand of them and if you don't get it you don't get it and and as a matter of fact in one of my transformers groups so there's a there's a third party transformer company called fans toys they make really good masterpiece versions of, of characters that the official company doesn't make they just made an Astro Train, if you remember him. He turned into a train and, an, and a space shuttle. It's the old, and, um, and that thing sold out like that. Sold out instantly. Gone, right? Someone on one of the Transformers groups I'm on this on Facebook traded. So that's a, that's a $200 action figure that uh-huh. can now go for eight dollars $900 because it's all gone. Yeah. Someone traded one for a PS5. Uh, well... I mean, Which is about right, right? Is right, yeah. That's a, the, the, both those things are going for about eight hundred bucks right now. So, like, yeah. someone traded a transformer for a PlayStation. I'll say and that I'll is say, where we are in terms. Another of thing I'll say is, if you are planning on getting it off of eBay, go get it now because that's going to happen. It's only going to get worse. Before it's going to get more expensive as time goes on. I hate that you have to do it. I really do. But there were, if that's there was all word you can that, do. Go get it now. There was word that Walmart was going to get more pre-orders or more orders tonight. I yeah, I think there's more PS5s coming into retail before the end of there the year. Be, there should be two more. There should be a shipment this week. Uh, the Black Friday shipment should be hitting probably today or tomorrow. Um, and they're usually, in terms of like new console stuff, in terms of getting electronics out before Christmas, there's usually going to be a new wave the week before Christmas. Yeah, um, That's about the speed at which factories... But again, we don't know if that's going to hold true in COVID times because who knows what shipping is and, and whole things being held up in customs. Like that, that's, a, that's an ongoing problem now. Yeah. Um, I, I and everything. I, and also with like the weird tariff shit and like whatever Trump's doing right now. Like I know people that are trying to get a set built for some stuff next year for a movie they're doing, and their production's on hold because they they're waiting for steel to come in through China that's held up in in customs. Yeah. They can't build anything. I believe because it. they don't have the materials from it. Yep. So who knows? But like, you're right. Like is, you we're on be, it. If you, Unsifted, we're on it. Like, if you're trying to find one, again, use our deals channel. Even if you don't use the rest of the site, open up the deals channel, leave it open in a tab in your browser, and refresh it. Anytime there's new batches coming through, that stuff appears on our deals channel. And and you can keep an eye on Wario64, although he got in in some trouble this week. Why? Um, Because a bunch of people followed him for for system pre-order updates, Uh and they don't really know how he rolls, and he started tweeting his, uh, you know, they got notifications on for every time he tweets in case it's a PS5 or whatever. Uh And he did his usual Black Friday thing where he tweets like every freaking deal you can think of for every trash, <laughs> trash bullshit game in the eShop yeah. or whatever. 
and people started yelling at me, like, why are you spamming my phone with like this mobile game crap that's on the eShop? Why are like, you following is, me? Is this dude? your first time with Wari? Like, that's what he does. <laughs> if there's a deal, he tweets about it. Every like, deal, no matter how big it's, or small. It's Black Friday week. Like this, yep. you know, of course you're not going to just get PS5 updates. You're going to need, you're going to get everything. So yep. there was a whole controversy over that, which was like a non-controversy because it's like, that's his whole job. Like that's what he does is he tweets everything you can imagine deal-wise. And if you put your notifications on, you're going to see him a lot. Like that's why he's popular. That's why he's useful. Yep. Um, so that was funny. But uh, not yeah, every like, deal is going to be for you. That's, not every, yeah, not everything is going to be amazing. It's, he, yeah. He's not sifted. It's not no. catered to you like sifted is. You're going to have to take everything he gives you. And you're no, going to like everything. it because he will get you a PS5 if you follow him. Yeah. Um, so, so keep an eye on him for sure. Yep. Uh, he, he's, you know, certainly I would not have gotten mine, my Xbox or PS5 without him. Like yeah. that's how I got both links to the Amazon pre-orders that worked were from Wario 64. Yep. There you go. Okay. It's time for my Turkey for 2020. And uh, I'm casting a really wide net with this one to be perfectly honest with you, because my Turkey for 2020 is really the entire development industry. Um, and look, I know it's crazy. Um, and look, there are going to be some studios or publishers that are not caught up in this. But as time has gone on, it's kind of been proven that most of them are tied up in this. And that is workplace harassment, the problems with workplace harassment, the problems with crunch, um, the cultural side of being a game developer. It was a disaster this year. Um, many, many asses were shown. That and actually, you're right. And actually, though, Matt, this is almost the same example as Microsoft because we see the changes happening this year. We see the ugliness be exposed, and then we see the publishers and the developers stepping up to make change. And maybe they're doing it just to cover their asses so they don't get sued. Regardless of the reason that they're doing it, they're doing it. They're putting new policies in place that should help keep this stuff from happening. Um, and then, you know, we had the the whole crunch thing with all the developers and publishers. Mm -hmm. They all were like, well, no more crunch. We're not and then almost every big budget game ended up having to crunch. CD Projekt Red ended up having to crunch. So they all come out, make these statements about, you know, the being a developer right now, it's awful and we're partly to blame for it and we're going to be part of the solution. And then none of them were a part of the solution. Um, now, I don't want to just completely trash all of them. Um, and like I said, there are some studios that were doing things right all along and they're not included in this net. Um, and then there are a lot that I want to commend as well because, and it's weird to say this in a turkey word, to give them a, a commendation, but a lot of publishers and developers then did step up for Black Lives Matter. So it's a double-edged sword, but to me, the vast majority of the industry got a big slap in the face, a big wake-up call. Um, it's no longer the industry for the straight white male anymore, and that is a good thing. It will only make the games better. It will only make the products better. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but what happened this year needed to happen. This stuff needed to be exposed and not just talked about by people like Matt and I on podcasts, talking about stuff that we hear it needed to happen in public. And that's exactly what happened. Ubisoft, Techland, all these publishers, all these developers that did not have these policies in place and allowed their employees to be harassed, you get the Turkey Award. <laughs> With a special commendation that I appreciate what you guys did for Black Lives Matter during the George Floyd protests. So 
there you go. Those are our turkey awards for 2020. I have a feeling that I will never have to even consider that for the turkey award again. I do have faith that the industry is headed in the right direction. And the wake-up call was exactly what it needed to start getting its office in order. So sometimes you got to go through some rough patches to get to the better parts. And I think that's what's happening with Microsoft right now. And I think that's what's happening in the industry in general, general culturally. Um, so I think good things are ahead for both, ultimately. Um, and now it's time to close the show with something we do before every Thanksgiving. We give out our turkey awards, but then... Matt and I, we try to sand down the edges a little bit by sharing something that we're both really thankful for from the last 12 months in the gaming industry. Matt is going to start with what he is thankful for in 2020. So there's not a lot. Um, <laughs> it's been but, a rough uh, year, man. It was yeah. hard to come up with them this year. <laughs> but um, And this is a little self-serving probably. Uh, or at least uh, of my own interests, but uh, I'm I'm going with the return of G4. Okay. Um, which uh, obviously isn't fully back yet. That's that's going to be next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yesterday was the premiere of the reunion special with uh, all the old hosts, uh, Adam and Morgan and Kevin and Olivia and Blair Herter and uh, Kristen Adams. I did not um, even Matt. I did not even recognize Kristen. Um, I recognize her. I recognize her because I'm friends with her on Facebook, so I see her all the time. Oh. But like, um, she she, she definitely, looks way different from when we worked yeah. with her. She, she looks like up. a yeah. She's an adult now. Yeah. And she some people don't change that much when they become adults, but she did. Yeah. She, she had, well, she had always had she always had a very young face. Like yeah. She. she uh, I love her by the way. She was awesome to work she's with. Great. Even so, even the people that like were there for that for the shoot. Like basically all came away. It's like, oh, everyone's good. Everyone's fine. Uh, and Kristen is still a better person than all of us. <laughs> like, it's just like, she, well, you know, she, she was like, I think she was like a Christian, wasn't she? She's a very, she's a very religious, very, so is her husband. Joe. They're very religious Christian people, but, but they're actually like, they actually walk the walk. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, yeah. They're, they actually are very good, charitable, kind, loving people. Yeah. Um, and she was, oh, she was always great because she was like, up for anything. They mentioned it in the special where she's like, I did all this thing and this other thing. This is like fashion show for Just Dance 4 and stuff, mostly because Morgan didn't want to do it anymore. So we had Kristen <laughs> do all this stuff that none of the other hosts wanted to do. But she, yeah. I mean, she got to do all this cool, she got to ride in a helicopter for Call of Duty stuff. She got to, I mean, she got to do a lot of cool segments that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it was it's a good special. Uh, it was written by a couple guys who were, you know, old school G4 guys. There's a lot of old school, you know, the original people involved. Everybody who is the host? Time. I don't even recognize. I don't even know who uh, that guy was. Uh, Kevin, yeah, he, uh, Ron Funches. He's a he's a comedian. Oh, I was um, like, why is this guy hosting this? Like, he's a comedian, and he, and he I, apparently he was in fact a G four fan. Uh, uh, it seems like someone from G four should have hosted it. There's well, the, like, the, well, the premise host to choose from. <laughs> I, I assume you didn't watch it then. Because I did watch it. Well, the premise is that he cap- kidnapped them. No, I get it. So, I know there like, was like a. It, it couldn't was, be a G. Couldn't be a G four. I mean, I guess it could have been like, I don't know. I mean, but at the end of the day, it was just them <laughs> sitting around a table talking. I mean, right. it was just a round table. But it was, you know, it was fun. Like, there, it's like, it's just like we used to do back in the day. Like, you, we can't, we can't do just a straight show. We have yeah. to have, have, to we have, to have a story <laughs> that involves murder and criminality and, and violence. Cheap costumes. And, yeah, it, it had to be that. Um, you know, and, and there's there's a lot of stuff that was fun going on. There was a lot of t- fun fun references. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed watching it for sure. They use a, I gave him a couple props for it. Uh, awesome. the, uh, the the golden mullets and the ratty puppet are from my my collection. Nice. Um, so 
they, they're doing it right and uh, the tone was right and everybody had a good time and it was a fun thing to watch and the stream after where Adam tra- played uh, Among Us was very funny. That's um, awesome. It's, it's not, you know, the online gaming stream thing is not really Adam's wheelhouse, but it's fun to watch him. He could be really good at it though. Yeah. Like, he, he could, could be like one of the best streamers ever. So, and then the announcement that, you know, Austin Creed is going to be one of the, the first announced new G4 hosts who I think is a good pick. Uh, um, I met him in person a couple of times. And I don't even know who he is. He's a wrestler. He's a WWE wrestler, Xavier Woods, uh, but he has a, he has oh, a gaming. Oh, I, then I do know yeah. who he is. Uh, yeah. Xavier okay. Woods is the character he plays. His real yeah, name yeah is I know him very well. I just didn't know what his um, real name was. Yeah. So it's a new day for, for G4. Um, He's a good pick. He is, yeah, and I met him. I met him, uh, and he's he's a legitimately a t- huge game nerd guy. Like, I have never seen someone install a Gundam app faster than this. And <laughs> I told him he's about legit. the new Gundam. Yeah, he's, 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 he's great. So he's a real gamer, a real nerd. Yeah, um, he has a good pick, and people love him. He's got a great yeah. personality. He's good on camera. So I'm so I'm thankfulness comes from like a that G four is getting a, you know some recognition and some resurgence, but b that I think they're doing it right. And I think yeah. we saw with Ven, there's a way to do it wrong. <laughs> and there's so, a way to do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, like uh, even yeah. even some of the the people, some of the XG4 people I know that we kind of virtually watched it together, everyone was like, all the comments in the chat are positive. Well, yeah, they're also all from before. adults. You can <laughs> yeah, tell that yeah. they were adults. That's yeah, they're the all big in their thirties. Yeah, um, make a big difference. So yeah. it's it's. I think it was a nice start. We're here, man. We're adults. We're we are yeah. gamers. We're adults. There's a lot of us. Like you don't have to make everything for eight year olds. Like yeah. So that's the thing is like you could you know, a G four resurrection could have been really embarrassing. It could have been yeah. really bad, but they're doing yeah. it fully right. They're doing it with respect to what we did, or whatever respect what we did deserves. I don't, you know, it was it was pretty <laughs> pretty nonsense. I mean, there's some there's some good self owns in that special. There's yeah. some, some good jabs at what we used to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and how it wouldn't fly today. But yeah. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, but it's literally uh, it wouldn't fly. No, <laughs> no, not at all. We 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 reminisce about some of the other more specific things we that are not mentioned when in the chat afterwards. We're just like, yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely would get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> would have done a few things differently, but um, like you know what, Matt? I hope in 2021 that when we're doing this, you're like G4 the network. You know, not mm-hmm. just it coming back. That G4 the network is actually good and something that I like. So yeah, I'm right so, there with you, man. You already you had actually. You gave your picks first, so I I intentionally picked things you you didn't pick. G four coming back was my runner up at first, so mm. we were on the same wavelength there. Um, and my winner for winner for things that I'm most <laughs> thankful for. You win the thanks. <laughs> you is you. Everybody watching, every all our patrons, everyone on Sifted, uh, Matt, Kyle, Jared, Vincent. Um, all the people who help us out during big events, curating, um, all the people who create all the Sifted Community podcasts, everyone. I appreciate you guys so much, and I have appreciated you more than ever this year. Everyone, Pactor, Matt, I mean, everybody has had to jump through hoops this year to make this work. Um, we've all had to figure out Zoom and stay trapped in our homes um, Pactor, we figured out a way to do that. He very easily could have just said, no, I'm done, but he didn't. Um, you guys, you know, we had production struggles on Game Face. You guys could have said, I'm done. The show's not live anymore. It takes longer to get it. You didn't. You kept supporting us. So thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you. And I wish 
I could just see a line of all you guys and I could just shake all your hands and give you a hug. Of course, that's not happening in 2020, hmm. <laughs> but we can all do a virtual high five right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I also have another pick too, but I wanted to mention that first because really that is my pick. Um, the fact that I've managed to survive this year with Sifted in the middle of a pandemic, it blows my mind that I'm doing this. I know a lot of my friends on the East Coast are out of work and they're really struggling. So uh, I just oh. really appreciate everyone, every person who subscribes with Twitch Prime on YouTube, either through Pactor Factor or Game Face, everyone who just shares the show. If you're on social media and you see us, hey, here's the new episode of Game Face. Re if you retweet that, thank you. I, I Everything matters to me. It all matters. So thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, JM Rain. All the, all the times you've made it rain in the chat. Um, Johnny Hurricane, all the support you've given. Just everyone. You guys are awesome. And uh, I appreciate it so much. I can't even put it into words, even though I just tried. Um, but my other winner, again, winner, <laughs> is Brave Game Developers. Um, I am very thankful for Naughty Dog. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Look, if you think that the whole time they were making that game, that they did not know the reaction that it was going to get, you're crazy. They knew all along that the death in that game, that I'm not going to spoil that everyone should know about, that the twist in the middle and who you play as for a big bulk, they knew People were going to freak out and get angry and carpet bomb them on Metacritic and anywhere else where people could go to make the game look better. They knew it, and they didn't care. They released it exactly how they wanted it, their piece of art. They didn't listen to fans. They didn't listen to anybody. They created a piece of art the way they wanted to make it, and they put it out there, and that's how it should be. Um, I wish more developers did this. I wish... BioWare didn't listen to fans way back in the day. Um, make your art, put it out there, and stand by it. And that's what Naughty Dog did. I wish there were more studios like that. Regardless of your opinion on the game, whether you liked what Naughty Dog did or not, I would hope that you could at least appreciate the guts that it took for that studio to do that with a project that it had worked on for like six years and there were probably $200 million in the whole two that had been delayed. It, we need more of that in this industry. And it is always going to result in a game that everybody loves or even a game that I love. But as long as the creatives are allowed to be creative and create the stuff that they want to, this medium is always going to keep pushing forward. And that, more than xCloud or Stadia or Luna, that, is what we need to grow the industry. And I'll end it there. All right. That's our episode. Before we go, we got some Q&A to do. Um, as always, go at Sifted Games. It's easier for us to find your questions. And because, as I said, the show is ending a little earlier, we're going to answer, answer a couple extras. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, Commander Fett, what is your favorite Thanksgiving meal and adult beverage? Mine is rolls it with jam and eggnog. Eggnog's a little early for Thanksgiving, though I guess some families may do that. I mean, just answering this question is bumming me out. Um, <laughs> it is because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. I'm sitting here 
watching a couple football games and playing some games. I mean, I'm not going to see anyone. Um, I really like Thanksgiving. I like the idea behind Thanksgiving, giving back to the people and the things that have fulfilled you throughout the year and celebrating that with other people who are doing the same thing. It's just not the same um, when you're sitting by yourself, Matt. So, man, we're going to have to like <laughs> do some kind of virtual turkey day tomorrow or something. I'm really bummed about it, um, but it is what it is. So my favorite thing for Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving meal are these crazy potatoes that my mom makes that has cornflakes on the top. They're like, mm. um, they're like all gratin potatoes that are delicious. And they have like um, ricotta cheese in them and like three different kinds of cheese. And then on top, there is a layer of cornflakes and then you bake it. And I know it sounds crazy. It is amazing. It's so good. You may be able to find a, a recipe for it if you search online. Um, it's something that my aunt always made. And then when she moved to Wisconsin, my mom started making it because she knew how much I liked it. And now she makes it every Thanksgiving. So that is mine. What's yours, Matt? Um, like Thanksgiving is not a huge thing in my family. So we didn't really have any traditional Thanksgiving stuff. But like, I am a sucker for some good, real smooth mashed potatoes. Okay. So someone um, who takes the time to actually oh just like oh. cream cream like whipped cream consistency mashed potatoes with the garlic and the and the and the butter mixed in yeah, yeah. and the real ones not the ones that come out of a box no 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 like the the like you got, your arm better be sore right you got to work for yeah. that man if you make it out of real potatoes to get into that place yeah. you know you know mom put in the elbow grease that's mm -hmm. when, that's when you give her the high five yeah um Bakby. Uh, who gave us free codes for games last week. Thank you. Uh, what is it that you want out of this generation that either you didn't get last gen or you think could be improved and would be the next things that other companies will copy if done right? Matt, you can start that one. Um, I don't know if I really have expectations on that level. I just want more. Like that's, that's always what I want from any new generation of games is more. Like, what are you going to show me? What are you going to do to me? How is, how is God of War Ragnarok going to blow me away after you've already blown me away with God of War 1. What new things are you going to make that I can't even think of now? You know, even if I don't play them, even if I don't care about like, you know, PUBG really, like the phenomenon of PUBG was really fun to watch happen. Um, even if I don't, even if I can't stand playing more than a minute or two of Phasmophobia, which is the current Twitch horror phenomenon, uh, which I think is unplayable garbage, I love watching <laughs> people play it. So, um, that kind of stuff is what's interesting to me. And just the, 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 I think the, the verisimilitude and the sense of place that we've seen in Miles Morales, um, seeing that become standard is going to be a treat. Um, seeing that, seeing that sense of like, you can make these places that feel real, whether, whether they're realistic or not, they feel like a real place you are in. Yeah. And what are you going to do with that power? What are you going to, now I don't mean processing power. I mean, creative power. Like you can, like that barrier is gone if as long as you have the money and time to do it. So what are you going to make out of that? Like that's a very exciting question to me, and and I expect at the very least I expect Sony to answer it, uh, and maybe <laughs> maybe Nintendo when they put a new system out that has a little more oomph to it. Uh, Microsoft will will have to wait and see what they what their new <laughs> what their new system apparently can, can churn out. Yeah. I guess the other expectation would be I would expect to play Elder Scrolls Six before I buy a new system again. I hope so. Maybe Microsoft purchasing them will uh, expedite that a little bit. 
Um, I would definitely, I, I would definitely want them to focus on Starfield and 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 Elder Scrolls Six in a big way. Yep. Um, if I had just spent four billion, was it four billion on them? Five billion? I think it was four. Yeah. 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 A lot. <laughs> That's a lot of freaking money. I have a couple. My first one is VR that doesn't make me sick. Um, that may be available now. To be honest with you, like the Rift S, maybe is that. But maybe my caveat is that I can afford. <laughs> VR that won't make me sick that I can afford because I know I would love VR. I just cannot do it. It just literally within a minute, I feel like death. And I feel like death then for like another hour after that. So I have not been able to do VR. I think I would say my other thing about last gen that was disappointing for me was that there weren't really a lot of shifts in game play, game control. Um, I think most of that was handled in VR this past gen and I didn't get to experience it. So the good news for me is that already with the PlayStation 5 and the DualSense, I'm starting to get it already. I'm starting to see kind of that the the advancements in force feedback and rumble and haptic feedback and all these things that I've never really experienced before. Um, or if I have, it was in this like crazy peripheral that costs like 500 bucks or whatever. So um, I'm excited about all that stuff. I'm excited to see what they can do. But one thing I would still like to see this generation is more refinement in how we play our games, new control schemes, new paradigms. I feel like we've been playing video games the same way since Ocarina of Time. So that is something that I'd like to see, but I'm not holding my breath. Do you think the the DualSense features are going to be prominent or important enough that Microsoft will put out their own haptic controller at some point? I don't think so because they already have the Elite out there and I just think it's too late. It's like when you're already mm-hmm. selling like a $200 controller and you've had to get people on board with that controller and have them say to themselves, yeah, this is worth 200 bucks. And now all of a sudden you're like, but now there's all this new stuff. Like it's possible for like, the Elite Series 3, maybe, mm-hmm. um, when they feel like they've sold enough of the Series 2. Um, but yeah, I, think, I would think like a couple few years down the road. Yeah, but. I could see maybe in a couple years, but not immediately. Yeah. Uh, here's one from a bunch of jerks. It's a great username. What's the worst game you ever finished? I'll start Superman 64. It's heralded as like the, one of the worst games ever. It is. Um, and I had to finish it. I was running an N64 website when it came out, and I played it till the end. What about you, Matt? Um, God, there's so many. Like, if you're yeah. a journalist, you play. You, go, you have to finish bad games all the time. You go back to that early, early stuff. I mean, Lego Rock Raiders. I had to play that for games. That was the first review GameSpot ever gave me for a reason. It was the worst game that came out that year, and they're like, yeah. "Here's the rook. We're gonna give him this game." God, I can't remember. I can't remember. I mean, there's probably a lot of shovelware Dreamcast games. Yep. Some of it I played for review, and some of it I just played because I was an idiot um you know back in the day we played bad games and didn't realize they were bad but we'd spent money on them so you're gonna you're gonna finish that sucker yeah um i mean as a journalist you just had to play bad games to the end all the time somewhat i mean i, I did when i think when i think of bad games i've finished i think more of stuff i played when i was much younger oh, and okay. just made poor poor purchasing decisions but oh. wouldn't admit it to myself or like <laughs> my page Soldier yeah. through this game, yeah. I, I made, I made, yeah. And there's a lot of that on the Game Gear, I guess. Um, yeah. But in terms of like this, I think the the worst game I ever finished for a review was probably the GI Joe game on like PS3, Xbox 360. I can't remember what it was I called. I vaguely remember it. It's like a top-down. Was shooter it like Operation sort of Cobra or something? Oper- yeah, something like that. Operation something. Oper- yeah, it was. I vaguely remember it. 
It was like, you wouldn't have known it was GI Joe. Otherwise, it was. You know, it might have been right around the same time as that first movie. Um, but yeah, I didn't finish that. I think, and it was like a one out of five, and it was just awful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't remember the the bad stuff as much, uh, except like the really dumb, like you know, like big rigs over the road racing. Like yeah, that was completely <laughs> broken. But you you couldn't even finish that game, so it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember the dogs. I remember the wins. Yep. Okay. Uh, here's one from Score Fear. Why does God of War and The Last Guardian run better off disc than digital download? Will they fix that? It's because of the original game code capped the frame rate. And the or the original code did not cap the frame rate. They later patched it and capped the frame rate. So the only way to play the version without the capped frame rate is off the disc. So that's exactly why it's happened. And it's it would be a pretty simple fix to uncap that. So it should be. That, yeah, that they should be issue a patch that you know won't cause a problem. The the question becomes like if you uncap it, what frame rate does it run at? Yeah. And if it doesn't run at sixty, because the problem, then you the probably don't want to uncap it. Is because it fluctuates, and they don't yeah. want people to be like, oh, it slowed down here, and now it's like running fast. So yeah. So if you if you uncap uh, you know one of those games, and it and the PS5 can then run it at a solid sixty, we will probably see an uncap patch. If it doesn't, if it fluctuates or runs at like forty. I don't think you'll ever see an uncapped patch for it. it depends. I think Glass yeah. Guardian could probably run a 60 on the PS5. I, I yeah. feel like that's possible. Um, um, in fact, I think it pretty much does if you have the disc copy. So um, I would expect those to... I think uh, frame rate uncapped patches are going to be pretty plentiful over the next few months. Like they, That seems like a pretty simple fix. Um, and people are going to ask for it. So and it's definitely definitely it. so because there's nothing else to play, especially on Xbox. So you might as well play high end versions of your old game. I would expect a whole fleet of patches like that from Ubisoft, like you know, you know in January probably. Yep. Uh, let's see. Here's one from the Big Smoke eighty two. I'm hoping to get a PS five for my birthday in April. Do you guys think they will be available by then? I think you'll have a much better chance, mm-hmm. but I do not think they'll be readily available. I, I think, think that's about the earliest they would be. That's um, when it's probably going to start to break a little bit. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be like this thing, you know, like, like after about three or four months, you started to see the switch like at target, just sort of yeah. a couple switches sitting there and like, they'd be gone like the next day or two days later, but they were there for a while. It you wasn't like see the, them. Yeah. You, you, they were there for long enough for you to spot them in, with in the your wild. own eyes. Yeah. Not on the, um, I think the, I think April's about the earliest you could expect that for PS five. Otherwise I think it's going to be that thing where like new shipment comes in, they're all gone within 30 minutes until then. So, yeah. cause you're not only going to have the holiday rush, but in the, couple months after christmas you're going to have people who wanted one for christmas and didn't get one like waiting with those gift cards to like jump on anything that happens to get shipped so i think that i think yeah mid-spring is about the earliest i would expect to find one easily but keep an eye on the pre-order stuff it would be possible to get one between now and then if you get lucky on any pre-order stuff or, or any sudden new shipments i mean they're not going to stop shipping them i mean i would just keep trying man like and i don't know yeah. like if someone else is buying it for you for your birthday or if you're buying it for yourself but um maybe buy it for yourself when you find it and then have whoever's going to buy it for you reimburse you um yeah i definitely if, wouldn't wait if you get an opportunity just yeah because if you're relying on someone else to buy it and find one Man, you're you're in deep crap, dude. So I would try if you have a credit card or whatever. I would just try to buy it myself. Obviously, talk to the person before you do this, but buy it myself and then have them reimburse mm-hmm. me. It doesn't matter. Like it, the end result is you're going to be 
over the moon with your PS5, and that's all they're going to care about. Yeah. They even if it's a thing where you have to get it and give it to them, and they keep it till your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Even if they want to do that, like, like whatever. That's fine. As long like, as you know just, you're getting one on your birthday, you're cool, right? Yeah, just just <laughs> get it whenever you can. Don't yeah. wait till April. Yep. Uh, we'll answer one more. Um, Slagathor, who's done some graphics for us. Let's answer his question. Uh, this is a good one. What's your earliest gaming memory? You go first, Matt. Um, my earliest gaming memory is uh, seeing uh, an Asteroids arcade machine in 1979 in Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor and Restaurant in San Mateo, California. Wow. I was three years old, and I knew when I saw <laughs> that thing. I, like Destiny. It's, yeah, it's like... <laughs> I don't know how many three-year-olds have moments where they're like, oh, that's my life. I just yeah. discovered this TV you can tell what to do is what I'm going to do. Like that's yeah. that, I don't know how many three-year-olds have that, but yeah. I did. I, I That's one of my earliest memories as a human wow. being is seeing that Asteroids machine. Wow. Okay, it's harder for me because I have a lot of gaming memories from like the very beginning of gaming. Um, I remember a lot. And I remember a lot as a kid. Like I remember... I could tell you 20 stories from when I was three years old, like to down to detail. For whatever reason, I can remember like far back into my past. A lot of people are like, I don't remember anything like earlier than like. Yeah, I, yeah, I see uh, a lot of people. It's like, oh, I know people don't remember their childhood. I don't remember my childhood. I remember everything. I remember everything. Like, I remember vivid details about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's hard for me to pick one moment, but the one that stands out the most that showed me kind of like Matt, that I had, there was a path in gaming for me, even at like five years old, was I went to the mall with my grandparents, my grandparents on my dad's side, so on the Satterfield side, and they were very conservative. My grandfather fought in World War II, um, repelled fascism, and uh, I'm very proud of that. And But he was very stoic, and I think I've talked about him before. He only laughed when he watched Looney Tunes cartoons. Otherwise, he never laughed or anything like that. Um, and we, I went to the mall with them. They were very religious, very conservative, like I said. And my sister, Kelly, who was the one that passed away in the car accident a few years ago, she and I went to the mall with our grandparents, and they both gave us $5 and said, go do whatever you want. And, dude, I was like, I'm rich. Like, I, uh, $5 I to five me. Five bucks was like, a lot then. Oh, back then it was a lot. And, you know, $5 to a five-year-old, I was like a millionaire. So... They give us the five bucks. They're like, do whatever you want with it. And we're like, okay. So we run off. Like my sister goes and buys like a bunch of barrettes and like this thing that she puts in her hair. And then we, I take my $5 straight to the arcade. And I spent all $5 in the arcade in like, I don't know, an hour. And I was in heaven. That's 20 <laughs> games. That's a lot. I was literally like every time I had ever gone to the arcade, I would have to beg my parents for like a yep. quarter. To play like one game of Pac-Man. My one of my one of my formative memories is a as, no, I was older than that, but I remember going the first time I saved up enough to go to the arcade with twenty dollars. Oh yeah, and my that mom was would like, do that for me. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I got like, if I got my a good parents were divorced card. and we were yeah. and I would live with my dad and I would visit my mom in Pennsylvania in the summertime for a month and every year one of the things that we yeah. did was we went to the arcade and she just gave me $20 to blow on the arcade. Yeah, we did my dad, it for like 10 years straight. My dad was super cheap about giving me quarter anything, any money for anything really that wasn't a necessity. But if I got like good grade, usually if it was straight A's on a report card when I was in grade school, he'd take me to Chuck E. Cheese, which was nearby. And he'd basically, okay, you got two hours and I'll just give you all, basically you can play anything you want for two hours. I'll give you as much many tokens as you need to do whatever you want for two hours. And it was it was as good as like when you'd see like Nickelodeon toy toy Toys R Us runs spree. It was like 
<laughs> pure pure freedom for two hours to play any. Uh, that's when I'd play like Dragon's Lair and all this shit. I knew I wasn't. Yeah, that you enough, never could afford like, before. I would never spend my own money on. But I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Tubin. Fuck it. I don't know you, who, who knows what this is. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is an end to this story that's not quite as uh, good. So uh, we go to the arcade. I blow all five dollars in the arcade in very short order. Um, my sister is like, you know, we hadn't seen our grandparents for a while. We're like five and six years old and they let us run around in the mall. I mean, that shows you how times were yeah, different, a different back time. Then. Yeah, yeah. Like parents won't do that anymore. Let five and six year old kids just run around. So we actually started to get a little nervous because I had already spent all my money. She had spent all her money and we had milled around the arcade for like five or 10 minutes and like they hadn't shown up, but they didn't know where we were. So we were starting to get a little nervous. We talked to each other about it and then we look and we see our grandparents walking down the mall towards like the arcade. And we're like, oh my gosh, there they are. Thank God. We like go running up to them and they see us come running out of the arcade. And I could tell that they thought we were lost. Like the they den were of the freaking, den of iniquity. They were freaking out. And so like, unlike a lot of parents, when they find their kids that they think are lost, they're like, oh my gosh, we're so glad to see you. My grandfather laid into us. He was like, what have you been doing? We've been looking for you for the last hour and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I was excited to see you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they ask us, they're like, what did you guys do with your money? And Kelly like takes out her barrettes and her hair and shows it to them. And they're like, oh, that's pretty, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Shane, what did you do? And I just pointed at the arcade. And my grandfather looks at me and he goes, all five dollars and i was like yeah and he grabbed me by the hair and <laughs> dragged me out of the mall and got me outside and laid into me like i've never been laid into by any grandparent like he's like that was my money and he, he couldn't understand it he's like you spent money that i and he did work hard like he was a concrete guy like he built like laid concrete for malls and like huge bill he worked hard and so he's like i work hard for that money and you just what did you even spend it on? You have nothing to show. Like he couldn't even comprehend the concept of paying for entertainment like that. Like, the, like you have you ever seen a movie, dude? Right. <laughs> like, no, he, but he couldn't connect those dots yet, Matt. Like video games had just started. Mm. So that is my most vivid earliest gaming memory was my grandfather losing his crap over me spending $5 in the arcade. And the fact that it never deterred me because here I am right now. <laughs> and with that we'll end the pre-thanksgiving episode of game phase 238 thanks to everybody who's been on chat there's a lot of great questions in here that we're not going to get to i appreciate it come back next week and hopefully we'll be able to get to them um some notes before we go as i said at the beginning of the show our brand new shirts going live on black friday brand new please buy them i think you're gonna love them there's two designs there's a white shirt and a black shirt that's what you guys asked for I'm giving you everything you guys asked for with these shirts. So please snatch them up when they go up on Friday. Uh, as I also said, there'll be other merch available, like more general stuff like canteens and hip packs and hats. And I think hooded sweatshirts is one of the things that's going to be there. Uh, but anyway, Black Friday is the day. All that stuff is going down. I ordered way less shirts this time, so don't sleep on them because uh, I am not sleeping next to them like I have with this last batch of shirts. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to the show anywhere out on the internet, uh, maybe you're on iHeartRadio or you're on Spotify or Google, uh, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, wherever, and you want to support us, just head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. Um, and uh, you can give us as much or as little a month as you want, but just know that this show is powered 100% 
by all the donations we get at Patreon. And if you just want to check out the show on YouTube and you want to know when our streams go on live, follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. And you can find Matt on Twitter at MKyle. That's K-E-I-L. Uh, and Jared, thank you, brother. I'm very thankful for you coming in and doing our little show when you got these big gigs at like E and all these big networks. Um, thank you, man. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope all you guys have an excellent Thanksgiving. Please be safe. Please think before you gather in large groups. Um, it's not you. It's your grandma or your mom or your dad or your uncle. Those are the people who are in danger here, the older people. So think about it. Think hard about it before you gather in groups. But if you do decide to get together, I hope you have an excellent and safe Thanksgiving. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>